sit back and get ready to have the most fun you ever had with an electronic device. Is it this guy right here? Yes, it's Kurt Cameron. <laughs> Kurt he, Cameron. he is the true number 11. <laughs> Even his face there just says, yep, ain't gonna happen. Cuts me, he's like, I had a dream last night that I played for the Jets. <laughs> That's what that face is. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome out to The Log Room. It is Wednesday, January 20th, 2021. Jersey Johnny coming at you, as always, with me is Mr. Radio Pete. Say hello, Mr. Radio Pete. Hello, Mr. Radio Pete. There <clears throat> Sorry, you go. Hacking up a lung here. Hack, hacking on up. Go for it. <clears throat> a little hacking between friends. Go for it. I've got some milk in a coffee cup. Do you? It's I got a little some... bit. A little bit of coffee, but it's mostly milk. I got some Propel in a water bottle. Um, Harry Lugnuts uh, could not join us at the beginning of the show. With a little luck, he'll be joining us at some point during the show. Uh, and you will know that he's joined us, if you're watching the show on Facebook, by his face pop- popping up on the screen. There um, you go. And, uh, or, or on uh, YouTube as well, right? Or on, and on YouTube as well, yes, yes. On YouTube or Facebook. Either or, you'll see his face pop up on the screen. Uh, if you're just listening to the audio podcast, you'll start hearing him talk. <laughs> that's how you yeah, know. That's right. We <laughs> may other. have to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we may have to start an informal poll. Okay. What about, be? because, well, hang on, let me just adjust my camera. Because adjust the camera. No one can see my neck, which is one of my best features. There Absolutely. we go. No, it definitely is. Um, that's better. The neck, but not the boobs. No, no, no. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Cropping. Cropping. Yes, cropping. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because, um, as you well know, we've been uh, picking our football picks this season. Yes. And we've been using a coin, which is around here somewhere. Yes. The the infamous coin. The infamous coin. It's a quarter. And uh, we've been using it to pick, and we're seeing if anyone would actually... Do a worse job at picking the games than than a coin, and so far it's not even close. No, uh, the coin had a bad week this week, and is now even farther away from five hundred. So, obviously, none of us are going to lose to the coin. But the rule is, if you're not here, you get the coins picks as your picks. Correct. So, which is a really a, like this is a terrible week for Harry not to be here. Right. This is definitely a terrible week for Harry not to and be here. So there's, we're, there's only three games left to pick. There's only three games left, and he has a one-game lead right now over me for right. second place. Neither one of us are catching you. You're 58 games ahead or something like that. <laughs> um, and neither one of us are going to lose to the coin, but the battle for, <laughs> you know bragging rights of second place on Battle the for bragging rights Locker Room place. Sports Podcast Football Picks 2020. You know, that's a hefty honor that comes with a ribbon. Absolutely. And I think uh, I think there's... Oh, a no, cup there, of coffee. A cup of coffee, yeah, a cup yes. of coffee and a ribbon. Yes. <laughs> um, so we're having a bit of a dilemma as to whether to actually enforce the coin picks rule or to say, hey, man, it's, you know, it's the playoffs and we only have three games left and It'd be more exciting if we were actually picking against each other. Right. And I'm torn because I'm behind by a game now. Thanks, Baltimore. And um, (laughs) actually, actually you have you have the uh, you have the uh, uh, the hard surface underneath the turf in uh, Bill Stadium to thank uh, for your loss. Well, I don't think the I don't think the uh, 
Uh, not to get into the game, so I don't think the Ravens would have won anyway, but it definitely hampered it uh, by uh, knocking uh, Jackson out of the game. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, so I'm tempted to um, – the rules are the rules. Rules are the rules. If you're not here, if, if either one of us were not here, the coin would have to pick our picks. Yeah. Um, but, but at the same time, it's really – there's nothing at stake other than The bragging. ribbon and the cup of coffee. Yeah, and and you know, I I don't think that Harry is going to lord it over me uh for for the next year if I lose. Especially if it's by a game or <clears throat> maybe two. Obviously, I've got to consider my picks this week. And uh do I want to, you know, pick who I really think is going to win or do I kind of we know who he's picking. He's given us his picks ahead of time. So he, ha- he has given us his picks ahead of time. So yeah, that's so, a good idea. So a bit of a dilemma, but I, I think we should just let it slide and ha- have his picks be his picks, and then I'll decide if I want to go against either one of them. There you go. You can always do that. You can, which I might legitimately do, actually. Might you? No. Might you? Maybe. Yeah, I'm. I'm considering it. Well, Depends this, on the health of a certain individual. This is true. There is some controversy there, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But. Um, yeah, well, so there you go. As we have now done like 18 shows in a row. Well, I don't know if we've done actually 18. This is the 18th show. It is. Okay. So I would say probably 16. Plus a couple other teasers. So but so a, a, show a bunch of content where we have begun almost each and every show talking about uh, this <laughs> one's sort of sports related, but not necessarily getting right to the hot stories of the day. Exactly. We, we've talked about uh, all sorts of things other than sports. Kind of, well, kind of get our our little uh, tangents well, uh, off track, out of the way right away. Yeah, why not? Just finish them up really quick, and then move on to the uh, more important stuff. And then we'll talk about things that matter, like sports, like sports. Yeah, like. And why don't we? Why don't we start off? We're gonna we're gonna kick it off by uh, starting uh, some really hot, 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 hot Giants news. Um, I I say that with tongue in cheek. The um, only kind of news there is. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, well, the only the only thing really to talk about the Giants this week because not a whole hell of a lot's been going on uh, there um, uh, this this past week anyway since last week uh, is that they might need a new offensive line coach uh, again. <laughs> um, uh, Dave DeGuglielmo's uh, uh, contract expired at the end of the season, and they're casting uh, allegedly casting a wide net for a new O line coach. Um, DeGuglielmo could return. Uh, but they have tried to reach an agreement already, and they failed so far. So who knows? Well, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge at that point. Some names that have popped up: uh, Jeff Stoutland. Uh, he was the he's been the Eagles' uh, offensive uh, line coach. Um, but obviously, with uh, Doug Peterson getting fired, uh, he might spring free. Uh, mm-hmm. And he did work with Joe Judge at Alabama under Saban, so there's a connection there. Right. Now, who else? And the only other one that uh, I've read so far is uh, James Campen. Uh, he was uh, on Green Bay for 15 years. Um, so he's and, looking to finally make a move. Yeah, he well, he was on Green Bay for 15 years, and he well, he left last year. Uh, oh, last, okay. Uh, he he was uh, uh, on the Chargers for a year, um, and obviously he, he left. Out. Well, he left because that that whole uh, <laughs> coaching staff got shit canned. So um, yeah, they they need some stability. They haven't. They had Pat Flaherty. As their O line coach for for twelve years, oh four through two thousand fifteen. Right, and right. I mean, if you recall the Giants O lines from oh four to two thousand fifteen, pretty damn good. Um, sure, I always said that about them, and not so much since. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, um, now is this the Guglielmo was the guy that they really wanted, but they didn't get him last year. 
Yeah, they they uh, like well they, they they interviewed him and Joe Judge wanted him, but apparently uh, uh, Jason Some... uh, Garrett uh, brought Mark Colombo up with him oh, okay. and really had right, faith right. in oh, him and, then and wanted him fight in the locker room and then Colombo's right they had okay. a fight and Colombo got canned this is and they brought you the bring these so. feisty Italian gentlemen. Yeah, <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> Minetti. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm saying. What are you trying to yeah. say? <laughs> well, you're going to get trouble is what I'm saying. When you bring these, these... I don't want to use it. I, I, I don't even feel comfortable. This is what we've come to. Exactly. You can't even use an Italian slur. I know, and but we, and we, we, bo- and we both are. And, and, and so is Harry. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah. But, uh, but you but bring these guys anything, so. in and uh, a little bit of fisticuffs, and then you get, well, hopefully they'll, uh, I guess the offensive line seemed to show some improvement. Although kind of kind of got better and then kind of tailed off the last couple of games, but yeah, I, 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 it seems actually played to me hev- that Guglielmo did a good did a pretty decent job. Yeah, he did a pretty pretty decent job. And the funny thing is, they actually played of the last few games they played. Their best play, as far as the offensive line goes, was the last game against Dallas, the last game of the season. Right, right, right. And right. Guglielmo was not there that day; he was out with COVID. And um, the so uh, that was the uh, killer. Assistant coach took over. And they actually did a better job. Well, why don't they just make that guy the coach? Uh, who knows? I don't. I don't know. I mean, nothing was mentioned about him. I guess they want him there, but they want somebody else. Uh, I, I, my, my, my guess would be reading between the lines that they're really probably going to try to resign Dave DiGuglielmo, but who knows? Is, is it another? Is the assistant guy another Italian? I'm not quite sure. Uh, I, I'll have to do his genealogy and. It's Enrico Piazzola. It's Enrico Palazzo. And they just went, no, we cannot hire another. We cannot do it. Not just the Italian gentleman to, to coach our offensive to coach line. offensive line, exactly. Well, well I, I guess team. unless you would say, well, how, what was uh, De Guglielmo's resume as far as that position goes before that? Well, he was before... with the Giants years before that. Um, he, But not uh, as an offensive line. No, he was, he was under Pat Flaherty. Um, okay. but years ago. Um, so he has some experience. I, I, I believe he was in, and don't quote me on this, I'm just trying to recall, I believe at one point he was in uh, New England as well. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm but, just wondering uh, if they're thinking maybe he's, he's not the guy to, um, maybe they want to bring in a couple, they want to, they obviously want to improve that line despite the improvement. They still want to get better. And maybe they think he's not the guy to develop younger players. Maybe some, they got their eye on a couple of draft picks and they okay. go, well, He's good, but maybe with some veteran players. But we maybe we want somebody else to develop some new to players. Some I don't know. Talent. Maybe yeah, that's possible. Maybe. And and you know what? I mean that connection that that I mentioned before, uh, Jeff Stoutland of, of the Eagles. If he does get sprung free, um, that connection with Judge and from Alabama, uh, right, right? Joe Judge seems to be all about connections. Sure. <laughs> you know, so uh, you know he's working. Well, yeah, the, the old boys' network is absolutely alive and uh, alive and well. Alive and well in, in many sports, which we'll talk about one in particular in a coming bit, up yes. soon. All right, so <laughs> there we go. Hot so there you news. go. The only, uh, yeah, the only other thing was that uh, Dave Gettleman was quoted as saying he was a bit antsy, uh, worried uh, that Jason Garrett might leave and have a vac- they'd have a vacancy at offensive coordinator. But he's okay now since the only team that interviewed uh, Garrett was the Chargers, and they hired their guy. So yeah. all's well in Whoville, I guess, if you want to say. Great. But – um. That's it. So that that's pretty. Well, much then how does that how does that make you feel? Uh, you know what? I don't really. You, you really utter... give Jason Garrett a second year? 
I'll, I'll give him a second year. I'll give him a second. It was okay. the first year under the whole entire new coaching staff. Uh, it was his first year with uh, with uh, Jones. The, he didn't have Barkley to work with. They were developing the O line halfway through the season. So give him another year, see how it goes. And, yeah, uh, I mean, I, but you know what? If if it does blow up and it's and they have an amazing offensive season next year, Garrett's going to be gone anyway. <laughs> you know, assuming right. another yeah, team is going to need a head coach. Yeah, yeah, you'll get that season out of him, though. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't – well, look, we've been talking about – we've been doing the podcast since when? Beginning of October, right? September. September. Second right. week in well, September, then, yeah. God, seems like yesterday. I, um, I don't remember coming on the air with you guys every week, and, and you would remember this better than I because you're Giants fans. I don't remember coming on the air with you guys every week and you guys going, what was Garrett thinking? You know, over and over and over again. Yeah, no, no, not so. so much. I mean, there was some of that, right. um, but I don't remember you guys yelling and screaming about the play calling all season long. So he couldn't have been doing too bad a job. Yeah, there was a play here and a play there, but that's everywhere. Yeah. You know? Other yeah, than yeah, get get back to basics. Uh, I mean, when the the Colt McCoy right golden weeks, uh, get back to basics and <laughs> yeah, right. and run the ball was was really the biggest complaint that I heard from you guys because sure. only because it worked. Although as I think the uh, was the uh, um, Seattle game, right? The Seattle game, yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah. I think we determined that was more of a fluke than than a formula. Yeah, I mean, for look, the I think it was a little of both. I mean, it was you know Seattle probably worked uh, the whole time on uh, you know going up against Daniel Jones uh, and not going up against the back to basics run first uh, game. Not with Colt McCoy in there. Plus, look at how Seattle finished down the stretch and what they didn't. You know, in the one playoff right. game they were in. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it was probably a combination of a little of everything. So, uh, but uh, you know, because the week the week after that with uh, Arizona and then the Browns, uh, you know, you if anybody told me back then, you know, if you had to pick one of those games, it would it would have either been Arizona, the Browns, or the Giants would have, uh, you know, pulled a win out of not the Seattle game, but right, right, right. Uh, but who knows? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess yeah, I, I guess if I were a Giant fan, I would say give him another year. Why not? Uh, the biggest thing is you didn't have Barkley. Yeah, Barkley was and the answer. You can always find excuses, but I mean, when you don't have when you don't have a generational arguably, running back, yeah, your best offensive weapon, and and, know, uh, and, and arguably the, one of, and at least one of the best offensive weapons in the league. Yeah, um, it's kind of tough to judge. It's, it's a little difficult, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that pretty much yeah. wraps up Giants talk for today. Let's move on to something interesting else. Something else interesting happen happening in uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey, and that would be the Jets. Um, why don't you lead it off? Why don't you tell us what the Jets did big in the last week? Oh, let's see. They, oh, they hired some guy. Yeah, some guy. What was that? That's Robert uh, something or other. Robert Sal. Is it it's Sal- Salah? Salah. Yeah. Salah. Not Salah. No, it's Salah. Salah. <laughs> Salah. Okay. Salah, I heard. Yeah. I heard somebody pronouncing it Sal- um, Salah. I've heard it pronounced about thirty different ways actually, oh. but now it's Salah. Robert. Okay, Salah. so Salah, and all I could think of was uh, Rob Sabah. The car guy, right? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> it's on the K show all the time. <laughs> all right, yeah. So he's uh, Rob Salah, and he's from some other team. I don't even remember the details. Uh, <laughs> Robert Salah is the uh, is the uh, new head the, coach of the new head coach New York Football de- Jets, defensive coordinator, defensive coordinator of the 49ers, Yes, for the 49ers, Right. Okay. Now it's all coming back to me. So yeah. I really didn't want to bring in a defensive guy necessarily as a head coach. However, he's bringing his passing game coordinator, right? Who is what's his first name? Mike. 
Mike. Mike LaFleur. Mike LaFleur, who is... Who is related to... Who is Matt LaFleur's... Matt LaFleur's... Uh, younger brother. Brother. So he's bringing in Mike LaFleur, the passing game coordinator, which is a position I didn't even know existed. And he's going to be the uh, offensive coordinator. So I would think that would bode well sure. for uh, the quarterback and developing a young quarterback like Sam Darnold. Of course, all of this kind of happened before the... Um, the Sean Watson uh, became seemingly a more definitive after the fact that he's leaving uh, Houston. So, yeah. um, but whether or not that happens, um, the fact that he's he's bringing the floor with him and he's going to be the offensive coordinator to me is a good sign uh, for uh, keeping Sam Bradford and developing developing him, which I have been an advocate of. One of the Sam few. Darnold. Sam Darnold. What did I say? Bradford. Bradford. Yeah, yeah. Same guy. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, um, but uh yeah, well yeah. that that would you you would think that that would be good because he could probably thrive under that system. I mean it is the it is the uh uh it is the uh uh Shanahan uh school of uh offensive uh right uh, uh you know offense offensive system, the Shanahan offensive system. Um yeah. but uh yeah and and Michael Fleur's uh older brother is not too big of a slouch and um, Kyle Shanahan. It seems to have worked out pretty well in Green Bay, didn't it? Pretty much. Despite pretty much. reports of friction and drafting a quarterback in yeah, the yeah, second yeah. round and all that stuff. I think all's well. And I think all's well. First round, whatever it was. What was that guy's name? Love? Love. Julian Love. Julian Love. Julian yeah, Love. Okay. And, and if you think about it, Aaron Rodgers and Julian Love uh, are the A-Rod and J-Lo of <laughs> Green Bay. <laughs> <laughs> So they're gonna uh, buy. They're gonna buy the team one day. They're gonna buy the team one day. <laughs> the two of them. So. But uh, no, I mean um, Kyle Shanahan in the Forty Nineers, um, and uh, Sean McVay and Matt Lafleur were all together under uh, Kyle Shanahan's dad, uh, um, uh, Papa Shanahan. Oh, Shanahan, Mike Shanahan, Mike Shanahan, <laughs> uh, in uh, in Washington when they were there, and yeah, they're they're all three of them were pretty damn good coaches. Um, yeah. So you would imagine that this, you know, part of this coaching tree, and Robert Salah has a lot of uh, accolades to him as well. I mean, uh, I think I got a couple of them right here. Let me uh, see if I can pull up here. He, um, in 2019, Salah was named Coordinator of the Year by Sporting News after leading the 49ers defense to rank second in the NFL in total yards allowed per game. That would be 281.8, the fewest total yards allowed per game by the team since 1997. Uh, San Francisco ranked first in the NFL in passing yards allowed per game, uh, 169.2. The fewest passing yards allowed per game in the NFL since 2009. Do you know which team in 2009 had the fewest passing yards allowed? And it was even less passing yards allowed than San Francisco in 2019. 2009, I'll say uh, the Giants. No, 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 it was not. You're close, though. You're close. Same stadium. Really? That would be your Jets, yeah. 153.7 yards. How did that happen? Yards. Well, they had a good defense in 09, did they not? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, but it marked the first time in San Francisco a, led, what, sorry? A near-divisional championship defense, mm, one might say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, they went to two AFC championship games and didn't win the division either yeah. year. So yeah. that's, uh, that's, that's pretty decent, so... But uh, it marked the first time since San Francisco led the NFL in passing yards allowed per game since '87. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of accolades for yeah. uh, Robert Sala's uh, defensive prowess. And you well, this know, is what? the guy 
Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know what? I, I, I'm still a proponent, and I know this is an offensive first league now, and it's become that way. You know, 35 years ago, this was a defense first league. Defense wins championships, and it yeah. still does to a point, but now it's like, you know, who can score more? Forget about Don't even put the uh, defense out there. Just put chairs out there and let them well, run Well, yeah, you, the you've literally got teams not putting their defense on the field, running the, running the clock down and kicking a field goal. Right. Rather than scoring with a minute left because they don't want to put their defense on the field with you know fifty five seconds left and eighty yards to go, so yeah, it's definitely offense first. You know, years ago, we used to say, okay, he's only got two minutes. Well, you know, only a few people are able to do a two minute drill. Now we're like, you give him fifty five seconds, he's got eighty yards, he's going to score. Give him nineteen. <laughs> Give him give 19 him. if he's got to go 50 yards. They're yeah, going to well, get. That, that's you know. only if you give it to Ryan Fitzpatrick, though. I mean, <laughs> let's, let's call a spade a spade, really. Yeah. But uh, he's uh, um, no, he's he's got a he's he's got a great defensive prowess. He's uh, a great. He was a great coordinator. Look what he did this year. I mean, everybody and their mother on the defense of San Francisco got hurt, and he yeah. still they still by the end of the season ranked top five. <laughs> so how he was able to do that that that's got to be right. To, that's got to all go to him. That's right. That's got to yeah. all go to him. So yeah. Well, listen. He's he's you know obviously the only I think the only guy they called back for a second interview, right? And uh, at that the, time, that was last week. And right at that time, or, or they were just about to, I guess, when we were when we were on last week. Sure. And we said, if you like him, sign him. Don't let him out of the building, right? And that, was the, that was the, the school of thought, and that's exactly what they did. And look, I, I guess you could say, uh, as far as him being a, a defensive guy. Well, he, that's going to be obviously his area of greater expertise. Sure. So he's going to turn the offense over to somebody. He's not going to try and do both. If you, you know, I mean, he's going to have a defensive coordinator as well. Right. But I think he's going to obviously have his fingers in the defense more because that's his that's his uh, his milieu. Let's exactly. say. Absolutely. Um, but that means he's going to leave the offense alone and not going to try and be head coach and offensive guy in no, any right you know that you know other than the necessary capacity he's that gonna, a head coach he's, would have. Basically, he might dabble in the defense a little bit more than the offense because that's what he knows that's his his sphere of of knowledge sure uh, and so that's fine so we'll have to see what uh lafleur does uh with the offense and hopefully he'll do good things exactly and he is also bringing john benton who's the uh uh as in as the uh, the uh new offensive line coach uh, which he was in uh, San Francisco as well. He was the offensive line coach. He's bringing him with him, so that's there's that as well. So that's what. So he's going to have two two guys that he's familiar with and knows, even though they didn't really work for him, so to speak. Right uh, on the team, working the offense. Those I would think. I don't know. It's it's quarterbacks coach. I always thought that would be a really important position, but it doesn't seem like it. It's right. It's the coordinator, and it's and it's the line guy. The coordinator, the line right. guy. I know. I mean, every every position. I mean, there's quarterbacks coach, there's receivers coach, there's tight ends coach. Right, right. But I mean, as far as like the hierarchy of where I would, you, yeah, I would, you know, I, I would put offensive of line coach positions. above any of the other position coaches. Right, right, right. You know, so so in those two kind of top, uh, you know, the coordinator and then sort of his top assistant position, he's got two guys that he knows and is right. familiar with. So. So that's I think that's a good thing. Now, how do you feel about Deshaun Watson? What do you think about all of that? Do you do you are you a proponent of that, or are you if saying you let's just stick him, with Darnold him, in the system? And see, if you can get him, you get him. I'm yeah. fine with developing Sam Darnold. I'd, I'd rather look. I'd rather develop Sam Darnold than than use the two, number two pick on him. Right. Um, 
Use a number two pick on a new quarterback. On a new quarterback, sorry. Yeah. Right, right. So so uh, Sam I, Darnold or if you can if you can get into the if you can the, get the Sean Watson, Watson can you get the Sean Watson? Yeah. 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 I mean I that's Sean a, Watson is it's gotta be a no brainer, right? He's twenty was he twenty twenty he's twenty five, right? Twenty five years old. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. He's been miserable. He's got an opportunity to come to the big market, right? right? To come to New York. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, if, if they're any good, they're going to take over this town. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know what we're expecting from the Giants next year. Obviously, improvement. You well, would I'm think, expecting but... improvement. I'm not expecting a Super Bowl next year, but I'm expecting improvement. Yeah. But... And, uh, you know, if you're if you're a fan like Harry, then you're not, you don't think very much of Daniel Jones. I probably think no. more of Daniel Jones' potential than Harry does. But... Than Harry does, absolutely. So, I mean, Deshaun Watson coming into this situation, you know, new coach, defensive guy. Offensive quarterbacks coach taking over the uh, the coordinator position mm. that could be big. That could be yeah. he would be right there on the big stage. He would be and right there. What you want about the the division, right? I mean, Miami might be the other place he goes. They're talking about you know more of a straight up trade for Tua. Uh, you've got Buffalo to contend with, right? But what is New England going to do that's going to vault them back into the top? Right? They're going to have to find a quarterback. Well, and where is that quarterback going to come from? You see, that's that's where where you know, and I know they really don't have a lot of capital up there, uh, draft wise and trade bait or anything else. But it's just I I, I still and it, it's probably the furthest thing from anybody's mind right now. But I still would not be one bit surprised to see Deshaun Watson in a Patriots uniform next it year. It could happen. It could yeah. happen. But I, uh, my point is, if he comes to the Jets, he's going to have Buffalo to compete with. Mm-hmm. And maybe Miami to a lesser extent. I'm. I think the book is obviously, obviously still wide open on Tua. Sure, oh, he's uh, going to be good, but he's right going to second right. year. Uh, you know? Yeah. So, you know, and and again, uh, Belichick's going to come up with something, but I don't know if it's it's going to take him maybe a little time. You know, he's not going to. What was Brady a sixth round pick? Brady was hundred ninety nine pick or whatever the hell it was. Yep, something like that. Yeah. You don't do that twice in a row. Nope. You know, no. I mean, sure, it you could don't, happen, you don't, but, you don't. but but I mean, speaking realistically, that doesn't happen twice in a row. So New England's not going to pull some guy out of the fifth round of the draft, and he's going to become the second greatest quarterback ever after Tom Brady. Sure. So that means Watson's got a chance to be the number one guy here in the old AFC East, be in New York. I mean, that's a that's got to be attractive. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But yeah, so. it, it could. I mean, certainly with the winning history. Of New England, but also how long is Belichick going to be around? Yeah, I mean, he's not, I, I, I don't see him retiring next year, but I also don't see him coaching another 10. So, right. So, you know, you know Watson's so... going to want some, you know, part of that, part of what made New England great is the stability right. of the great quarterback and the great coach together and a bunch of, you know, bit players, so to speak, filling in the holes, right? Sure. Sure. Uh, you know, other than Randy Moss, who was uh, who was the, the great you know the superstar that they had on offense. Yeah, I mean they they had they had names there, but the names were the names because they were on the Patriots. Right? You know, right. I mean what, they they would have yeah. been names elsewhere, but the, would they have been the at the level of Tom Brady or or Randy? No, Moss or probably so, not. Yeah, so uh, it's it's, it's got to be an attractive. I mean, the, Watson would be foolish not to consider all of his options. Sure, absolutely. He um, may he you know what. Maybe they, because Houston's going to look for uh, a bunch of picks, first rounders, second rounders over the next couple of seasons, and they're going to look for a quarterback back too. So obviously the Jets can give them that with ease and still keep a couple first rounders themselves. Because I mean, to be honest with you, <laughs> you know, you look at what uh, Jamal Adams did 
up in Seattle and what Seattle became this year, you 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 think that Joe Douglas should be GM of the year? I mean, he fleeced yeah. uh, <laughs> Seattle yeah. uh, for for picks and uh, and so forth. But um, so the Jets are in a position to do that and give him back Darnold, right? Um, and and a lot of, and you said you mentioned Miami um, with Tua, and I don't know whether they're ready to just walk away from Tua because they can, might might be able to you know have Deshaun Watson work. I mean, not that that's anything to shake a stick at, but. Still, they, they well, were it, so in on Tua, and then all of a sudden, you know. But um, yeah, well, but if you're Houston, who would you rather have? Would you rather have Sam Darnold, or would you rather have Tua? A two of Tua, Tua, of course. But there's also been uh, a few other teams mentioned. Uh, the the Bears, um, obviously, they're looking to rebuild, so they're not looking for a franchise quarterback. They're just looking for a quarterback, you know, somebody that is serviceable while they go out and find the successor. You know, um, yeah. so they mentioned the Bears. They get back Trubisky. Um, if he isn't even no, he's he's still he's still signed. So they, they would get back Trubisky and a bunch of picks. They mentioned uh, the Raiders. They get back Carr. So he would go to where his brother played, you know. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, well, Indy's and, looking the, for a quarterback, right? Indy. Uh, Philip Rivers just retired. I don't know sure. who they don't. I don't they don't have anybody to Jacoby give back. Jacoby Brissett's still there, so oh, they would get Brissett. Yeah. Okay. There you go. You know. <laughs> Right. And, well, he was a starter last year before they brought right. Rivers in, so they demoted yeah. him to bring Rivers in. But uh, and then they've also mentioned Forty Niners, uh, you know, get get uh, Jimmy Garoppolo back and uh, and a bunch of picks, and the Forty ers would have uh, Watson. So there's a lot of choices for. Uh, you See, know, that might be that might be the most attractive. That might be the most attractive of all. You know, because then then you know what I'll tell you that NFC West is going to be interesting. You have Deshaun Watson, uh, you have um, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, and Kyler Murray. <laughs> in the yeah, same yeah, division. yeah. Do like this, you know? So that be it's going to be that would be an interesting. Uh, yeah, that, well, that that there. that could factor in. You know, that could be. Yeah. I, not that Deshaun Watson would shy away, but you know, right? No, but he might not that not that he would shy away from the challenge, but he he might be. Well, I I could go to the AFC East. <laughs> and have a better, you know what I mean. Uh, and I got, yeah. I got. Uh, Alan, all of a sudden, I got to compete with Allen Alan and, and maybe two, you know a developing Tua. And all of a sudden, I got, or I go out west and get Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson right. to, to play four times a year. I don't exactly. think I really. <laughs> Probably not attractive. I don't know uh, how much that will figure into his. Decision. Yeah, somebody else mentioned too. Uh, even the the Broncos, um, they can get Drew Locke back again. They're looking for a serviceable quarterback while they find the successor. So Drew Locke can do that. In, in Houston, and then all of a sudden the Broncos now have uh, uh, now have uh, Deshaun Watson. I would love to hear Harry's take on that and what anybody, if anybody, is saying anything out in Denver. Right, um, right. So we'll have to make a mention of that. If he does pop on the show, we'll have to ask him that. If not, we'll ask him next week. But Well, Watson's uh, got the no-trade clause, so he has all the he's, he, he, has, he has all the juice right he now. He has the juice. It's up to him. They can say, well, we got this trade. What do you think? Nope. <laughs> right, or he could say, well, I want to go here. He could just and say where he wants to go. They still say no yeah. if they feel like. Now, again, if they're not looking for a quarterback who's going to be, and, and why would they? They definitely have to rebuild, right? They fired their head coach and their GM. And the GM. Well, the head coach was the GM, so they fired. Yeah, oh, right, right. right. Um, uh, so, you know, that's gone. So it's obviously a rebuilding. Right. Uh, who else is on that team? J.J. Watt, he's 50 years old now, right? He's, he's I, I, 
He's going downhill and coming to the very he's end of his career. He's got another year in his contract with Houston. Uh, I think he's with, he's 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 in his 30s, but he's not like 37 by any means. But I think uh, he's still got a few good years, but he's not the yeah, same JJ. He's not the same JJ Watt he was six years ago or, or so. But yeah, no, I I think you'll if if I had to put money down on it, I think you'll see JJ Watt uh, wind up uh, playing out his career somewhere in else in Pittsburgh with his brothers. Well, that would be fun. The be whole fun. Watt family in uh, in the Steel City. So yeah, that would be fun. That would be yeah. So they're definitely they're definitely not looking for their starter. No, for the long term future. So that no, would open up options for a lot of uh, teams. Really. For a lot of teams, yeah. so it'd be somebody serviceable. Which you know, again, you might maybe maybe you're not looking at mu- as much at Miami because you're thinking Tua is more of a franchise guy. Sure. Although you've got. Well, this is the first year for Tua, right? He's a this rookie, this a was the first year for Tua. Yeah. So he got four more years. Right. So you say, well, coming up to the end of his contract, but you're going to probably pay him after three more. You're not going to wait till the very end of his contract, no. most likely. No. So that would give you three years to rebuild to a point where you're going to decide whether or not you're going to keep him, assuming he's good, assuming he turns out to be the guy that you want to keep. Sure, sure. Yeah, so I they mean, that- might... That would be yeah. the most attractive because you know you have a good quarterback and you know you have control of him for at least three, if not four years, with right. with minimal money. So, um, but I think you know with all the talk and all the chatter and everything else that I've heard uh, over the last uh, at least week or whatever, and Deshaun Watson posted the uh, other day too uh, on Twitter. He said he, his his uh, anger level at the front office of the Texans was at a two, and in one day it went up to a ten. He put oh, on Twitter nice. so. Yeah, so obviously he wants to leave. and But like I was saying, the, the most I've heard, uh, the most chatter I've heard uh, in the last week has been Jets, 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 Jets. And you have people like Richard Sherman. Um, did I did I say that before or did I just say that to you before the show? I forget. Um, I Richard think just Sermon, before the show. Yeah, Richard Sherman uh, uh, posted the other day, said, said the other day that Deshaun Watson should, quote, unquote, get to the Jets as quick as possible. Right. So, uh, you know, they're they're – being touted. I mean, this looks like, you know, and, and you know, anything can happen. We'll, we'll, we'll wait and see how it comes out in the wash. But uh, this looks like it was a good move for the Jets to hire Robert Sala and, uh, and everything that's been, uh, you know, talked about over the last week, six days by, since. By, by the way, just as a complete aside, sure. uh, about seven minutes left in the fourth and uh, the Nets are trailing Cleveland by nine. Trailing Cleveland by nine. Kyrie Irving has 25 points. Kevin Durant has 26. Uh, James Harden has 10. <laughs> James Harden has 10 points. Jeff Green has 11, and DeAndre Jordan has 13. So James oh, Harden God. is the low scorer. Low on the team. Wow. Uh, although he's got seven assists. Leads the team in assists. Well, maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's just passing the ball. You know what? They got to figure something out, right? Not that we're getting into basketball talk right now. We'll talk more about that later. No, but... no. I just wanted to have an update. The the big oh, three right. are all on the floor together, and he... I think Kyrie's making a little bit of a statement. But Yeah, he's going to have to. We'll, we'll talk about that. The game we'll talk about that. He's going to have to pass the ball more with Kyrie back in the mix, too. You know, you yeah. know they're not all going to have 30 points each. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. I don't know. They might. Th- unless it's just the three of them out there playing. But uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that in basketball. Poor uh, Joe Harris yeah. is like, oh, I'm never going to get shots. <laughs> <laughs> he's, probably, he's one of their Pretty best two point shooters. He's like, I'm never out there. Get he can just, uh, he's got a cell phone in the court. He's I'll just, the I'll just let me set another pick. Here you go, <laughs> James. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so good. So, uh, just anyway, some, so... I, somebody who looks like a good coach, they might get to Sean Watson. 
they got a you know familiarity in their in some of the coaching staff as far as uh with respect to Salah the head guy and uh you know things are looking good for the Jets so far, listen this was is that his so- is that his uh, tribal uh, name uh, that he was given in the uh uh in uh, uh New Mexico area uh Salah uh Salah the uh the head guy yeah maybe Salah the head guy <laughs> Salah the head guy yeah <laughs> So, you know, it seems like maybe the Jets... Look, it could turn out to be a disaster. It might be terrible. We don't know. We don't know. Obviously, only time will tell. But I think they gave him a five-year deal. Five years. Uh, Yeah, they gave him a five-year deal. And hopefully they're going to give him some time and they're going to keep Hugh Douglas. I know it's Joe Douglas. but It's Joe Douglas. Anyone named Douglas on the Jets (laughs) is Hugh Douglas. And they're going to keep Hugh Douglas around as GM for a while. And uh, This is true. Kind of let them do what they do. So... Maybe they've done this right. Who knows? Maybe yeah, they I, did. I said Maybe I didn't have a lot of. Right. There's a lot of things the Jets have to do right, and I don't have faith in them doing too many of them correctly. True. True uh, uh, this one, I think, is um, you know, it, it's not uh, it's not uh, making everyone's head swim like the Adam Gase hire did. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> everybody. Everybody was confused. Everybody. By that. The entire except league. for Adam Gase. He, yeah. Adam Gase's wife was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> oh. And uh, also, uh, hopefully, he won't have crazy eyes. Uh, exactly. Well, I don't <laughs> crazy that's the stoner case. eyes. <laughs> crazy stoner eyes. I still getting, love that getting, one meme with the taco. Uh, He's like the taco. That is that is a classic. <laughs> but uh, anyway, All right, let's move on to uh, some other stuff around the league. Um, a couple of things, not a whole hell of a lot, but um, Philip Rivers retired. Yeah, uh, as you mentioned before. Um, yeah, he's. Uh, Hanging it up after 17 seasons, uh, uh, which we call it on the uh, proverbial gridiron. And also, um, that also closes the book uh, completely on the uh, 2004 big trade between the Giants and the uh, Chargers. Yeah, I mean, the Giants tr- the Giants drafted Phillip Rivers, and right. the Chargers drafted Eli Manning, and then, then the big trade ensued um, at the request of Mr. Manning. And I mean Archie when I say that, but yeah, um, that was any, a good move on his part. Any like, oh, please, big, big move. I mean, let, let let's look at it. Philip Rivers, seventeen years, his career, two hundred forty four games. Um, uh, which McCaught, he uh, was sixty four point nine completion percentage. Uh, he threw for over sixty thousand yards, sixty three thousand four hundred and forty yards. Uh, average yards per average yards per attempt was uh, seven point eight. Um, 421 touchdowns. Uh, he also threw 209 interceptions. Um, it's, uh, and, and for you fantasy people out there, uh, 3,812.8 uh, uh, fantasy points in the core for the course of his career. So, but, uh, but yeah, there you go. But, uh, yeah, I mean, his numbers, uh, two like, to one touchdowns to interceptions. That's big. Yeah, and and also you know talking about the the uh, the trade with Manning, uh, with the Giants. Yes, his numbers were a little uh, better than Manning's um, uh, overall, but he also played an extra year, number one. Uh, and he also uh, uh, he also uh, did not go to the Super Bowl or win it twice and get the MVP. So um, you know overall, yeah. I would you know while uh, against I, against the dynasty. Against team. the dynasty twice, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, twice. I would, uh, I would, in fact, uh, Rivers lost to that dynasty a couple of times in the uh, in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. But as uh, did a lot of other teams. Look, would, would, would all... the Giants have been considerably worse 
with Philip Rivers at quarterback? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Here's one thing I always said about Eli, and and I always said this in in relation to Peyton, uh, and that was um, in the regular season, during the regular season, I will take Peyton over Eli. In the regular season, I would take Philip Rivers over Eli. In the playoffs, I want Eli over all of them. You know, he was he Eli was a beast in the playoffs. Uh, you know, hands down, Eli was better than his brother. Eli was better than Peyton in the playoffs. Period. He was. Yeah. Uh, um, and, but, and right, and it's not like uh, those Colts teams were just not good teams no, that had a great quarterback. There were sure. great players on those teams. Great players, absolutely. And in some cases, you could say Peyton's teams that went. Well, he, how many Super Bowls did he go to? Four Super Bowls. Four Super uh, Bowls. Two with both teams. Two with the Colts and two with the Broncos. He lost okay. one. He won one and lost one with each team. So obviously, he beat with the, the, the Bears uh, the year before, uh, Eli and the Giants beat the Pats the first time. Right. Uh, he lost to the Saints um, after beating your Jets in the championship game. Yeah, and, I remember uh, that. Yep. And then I uh, think I was was that. Was that? Was that? Remember an EVD after they went under? Right. We used to go in. I don't know if you did this. The board ops. I used to go in and work like a 16-hour shift just sitting there doing nothing. Sure. And I think I remember listening. I think I was at the station listening to that game. That was uh Is that the right time frame? Was it that... wasn't the right time frame. No, I know it wasn't. I know okay. what game you No, it was just a random it was just a random uh Colts Jets game. Then, it was right? a it was a it was a Colts Jets game. I believe and the, the Jets were getting spanked. Though. Yeah, because I believe I actually relieved you that. Night. Okay, that might have been. So yeah, I, believe, been. I, I yeah. believe I know what you're talking about. But no, this was in 2010. Uh, yeah, the 2009 oh, yeah, 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 okay. season. Okay, uh, you're right, right, right. Yeah, but uh, and then then when he went out to the uh, when Peyton went out to the uh, uh, Broncos, uh, the first Super Bowl uh, in MetLife, actually they got spanked by the Seahawks. Right. And, uh, and then but they didn't they... really win the second one because of him. They no, no, no. They the, won the second one because the of Von the Broncos. Miller. They won it, right because of the defense. Right. So uh, I forget what my original point was. Uh, uh, which call it the? Well, I was saying that the. Uh, oh, but Peyton had he had good teams. Peyton had good teams. Uh, but... The Colts teams were good teams. Right. And oh, oh, I know. I was going to say you could you could certainly look at some of the, um, uh, what do they call them the the, the wide receivers the talent positions That's uh the, the phrase uh, I'm yeah the skill uh, the skill skill, positions. skill skill positions yeah and you could say boy the look at some of the guys that peyton had versus some of the guys that eli had sure and there's no comparison you know marvin harrison and reggie wayne and um who was the running back they had oh um <laughs> yeah you know what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah um you know and uh, who did the giants have you know plaxico uh, burris plaxico burris <laughs> Uh, uh, Victor, Victor Cruz, Victor Cruz, you know Mario nobody. Yeah, none of these guys are in the same league as Marvin Harrison or no, Reggie no, no, Wade, no. Uh, sure. or uh, you know. So uh, you you could say that Eli did more with less. Yeah, I but guess, Ma- Marvin Harrison didn't have as cool a dance as Victor Cruz, though. I mean, come on, let's. That is, yeah. I'm so, <laughs> I just waited. That's a guy I just wants someone to run him over when he was doing that. <laughs> just uh, take a shot at him. Yeah, it was, it was it was good. Well, you just didn't like it because of that 99 yard run back, and <laughs> 99 well, yard reception rather, uh, um, over the Jets that uh, yeah Super Bowl. Well, season, but right, plus it was the it was the Giants. So. It was the Giants. So anyway. I hated. 
I, I'm a better man now. I don't hate everything about them. There you go. That's always good. But but back to Philip Rivers is where we were. Right. Um, Somehow we got. Yeah. I you know what though I respect a man. Uh, great career. Congratulations on your retirement. You're going to end up in Canton. So uh, you know. Yeah. Kudos. There shouldn't be any argument that he there should be no the argument way. there. Uh, you you know, kudos on your retirement. Enjoy your retirement. I'm sure we're going to see you on one of the one of the networks uh, commentating. Uh, I, I no doubt. Or doing something, uh, but uh, well, he's got to make money. He's got fourteen kids, or something. He's got like that, fourteen. Right? I think fifteen is on the way. I think. Right now. Yeah. So there we go. But um, he's yeah, not going to no. stop working. No, he's not. So, congratulations. I wonder, yeah, what is career salary for Philip Rivers? I wonder. And I don't know how much of it is left. It's <laughs> <laughs> called wife. I'm sh- look, I'm sure it's not fourteen and a half kids and a wife and a couple of dogs or whatever living in like some shed somewhere. No, no, I would no, imagine no. his home is somewhat palatial. Probably. <laughs> probably has, uh, he probably has a nice, uh, nice, nice, comfortable home. I think I'm he's sure. got a nice spread and nice piece of land and stuff. Right. He seems like the, the type who might uh, ride a tractor in the off season. Why not? Uh, maybe, Why not? Who knows? I don't know. He could have, uh, he could be growing some corn or something. Sure. But uh, I, I would, I would think that he has probably some, some bills to pay and there you go. a nice network job would be just fine for him. We'll be just fine for him. So, and uh, on from, uh, on from that, as far as the NFL goes, um, Colin Coward, uh, we're referring to, uh, I don't know if you heard this on, on his show, the herd I have uh, not. The other, uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, um, he was uh, specifically speaking about uh, Patrick Mahomes. And he said that he thinks that uh, the NFL should actually delay the if he if if Mahomes is not uh, able to go on uh, on uh, Sunday, the NFL should delay the uh, AFC Championship game until Mahomes is ready, until Mahomes can play. In fact, let me get the exact quote here. Uh, yeah, NFL should delay AFC Championship game until Chiefs Patrick Mahomes can play, is what he said. Um, as he said, we he says we want Mahomes against Josh Allen, right? Um, he says that's reasonable. He says, and he was sitting there that morning thinking, if the NFL, Patrick Mahomes is going through the protocol, um, he finds if Patrick Mahomes find the day that Patrick Mahomes can play, and that's when the game is going to be, <laughs> you know. But uh, what's what's odd though is that if you think about it, the Chiefs haven't even said that Mahomes has a concussion. They keep saying, and most most of the time, if somebody ha- is in the concussion protocol, he he suffered a concussion on such and such a day, and he's in the protocol. They have not once said he suffered a concussion. He's just in the protocol. So, you know, whether that means that, uh, you know, they're, you know, just trying to play their hand and he's fine and he's playing and, you know, whatever. Well, it might uh, be a little bit of gamesmanship. A little bit of gamesmanship. Exactly. Well, here's the thing about what Coward said. Obviously, that's ridiculously stupid. Of course, it's not going to happen, right? Um, you know, game, I mean, the game is put, Sunday and everybody yeah, has listen. the same, like, so does that mean yeah. that Josh Allen was hurt and 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 in right? The, where do you where do you draw the line on which players are are uh, delay worthy and which are not? Exactly. Look, if, if you're the NFL already does enough, uh, that look they understand that uh, entertainment is the name of the game, even though it's football, and they already do enough, right? They, I mean, you've got Thursday night games and you've got uh, Saturday games and Sunday games and Monday Friday games, morning games and Friday you know, afternoon all the, games, Wednesday so, afternoon games. But here's the thing, and th- and this this is. I will say this. This is an interesting, what could be an interesting point about what Coward said. There are people who are saying now, and I'm kind of one of them, that there's no way Mahomes doesn't play 
whether he's really ready or not. Not right. Exactly. Now, what you just said is interesting. They have not said he suffered a concussion. Right. Uh, hard to believe he didn't. The way he looked. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I believe. Were uh, they were saying stuff about the fact. I, that I think it was. Look at the play. You think it was who? I'm sorry. Somebody was saying it looked like he went unconscious. It looked like might have been maybe Joe Rogan. It looked like when somebody gets choked out in the exactly. ring, like in UFC, and they exactly. lose consciousness momentarily and they get up and now it doesn't. And again, looking right initially, people went, "Oh, that was a dirty hit." He slammed his head into the turf, and he looks like he did hit the back of his head, but not didn't seem to be as hard as a lot of people. Obviously, that was a knee jerk reaction. Uh, calling it a dirty play and all that. Um, so maybe he really didn't slam his head, and maybe he doesn't have a concussion, and maybe his neck went a funny way or whatever, and he did lose consciousness momentarily and then got up. Yeah, I mean, I, he I, ran I, back down the tunnel. We watched it on TV, him running down the tunnel. He ran down the tunnel, ran inside, you know, ran into the locker room. So, yeah. And if you've ever seen guys you know, kind of get knocked out in, in uh, MMA or whatever, you know, some of them get right back up and they seem okay. Other guys, they're usually a little yeah, sure. bit wobbly and they're not well, ready to go jogging down a concrete tunnel no. in cleats, right. by the way. No, so no. And, and maybe you, maybe you he didn't really have the concussion. But right. let me get off my, my original point. Go and that it. is maybe he was never, ever going to be out no matter what, whether he has a concussion or not. Sure. And so Coward's point could be taken if you want to say, well, he's going to play – and if he's not ready, maybe they should postpone the game. But right. that is that sort of implies that the Chiefs are going to fudge the protocol, or, or you know what I mean? They're right. going to make it so that he seems okay. And I don't know. He, I think he has to be assessed by somebody from the NFL who's impartial. He has to. He has right. To pass. I believe it's part of the. It's, it's not that it's not just the Chiefs in a closed room with no cameras that go, "Hey, how many fingers am I holding up?" And right. he goes four, and it's two or three, and they go, "Ah, he's fine." There's an actual, I think there's an independent process yeah. to confirm that, but there's probably ways to kind of get around that or whatever. And that was the, I think that was kind of the implication. He's going to play whether he's all right or not. And right. if you think that, then you might agree with Coward and say, "Well, they should maybe postpone the game." Um, uh, because it would be bad for his health to go out there and play when he's really not ready. I agree with you. But I, I agree. With you. I don't make, know if he sense. really, if he really had a concussion or not. But yeah, to, simply, def- to simply yeah. postpone the game—that's just silly. That's you know, just silly. I, it's, that's um, a, it. Definitely looked. It definitely looked to me more like he got, like you said, choked out. Um, you know, one of those, uh, one of those things because of that. I mean, I've I've experienced that before, and like you said too, to what you said before. Um, when, when a, a quarterback gets a, uh, 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 suffers a concussion, um, if he is even able to leave the field by himself, when he goes back into the locker room, he's usually just walking slowly. Yeah. <laughs> he's not running like Mahomes was running, yeah. you know? Um, so, uh, but there you know, are other guys like, um, Palomalu, you know, they said, uh, what was the phrase he used? You get your bell rung. Yeah. Right, all those years when there before there was a, a protocol, before they really, you know what I mean. When if you yeah. weren't laid out, you went back in the game. He goes, I, I think he said he got his bell rung, probably you know fifty times. He, sure, you know, not that he had fifty concussions, but he goes there were probably you know varying degrees of of damage or whatever, and and there, you know, he definitely, he said, had the protocols been in place 
earlier, there would have been plenty of times when he would have gone in the tent, but right. they just didn't exist. No, they didn't. So there are some guys that can kind of shake it off and go out and play, and and other guys that you're right, they're kind of, you know, you're happy to see them walk off the field, but there's a gingerness to it that exactly. makes you wonder what happened. So, exactly. uh, but it is interesting that, you know, and and again, it's it's the gamesmanship the Chiefs have, as you said, have not come out and said he had a concussion, right? And maybe he didn't, but I would think the NFL. Again, I would think the NFL would, or maybe it's not their job to say what actually happened to him or how bad it was. Maybe it's just their job to clear him. Right. To say whatever happened, whether it was a concussion yeah, there, or the, sort of a concussion or he just got his bell rung or whatever. It's the Chiefs' uh, job. He, it's it's the it's, Chiefs' it's, job to report it. It's the NFL's job. It's to the clear NFL's him. job to say, okay, he's good to play. So. Right. That's it. So, but yeah, well, I I, I agree that that there shouldn't be uh, any any special favors for. No, that's just. I mean, granted, in the grand scheme of things, you want to see Mahomes playing in the in the in the championship game again. Yeah, but you can't put the entertainment factor above. Sure, no, of course you can't just because safety and no, you can't. Yeah, you can't. And and then then where does it end again? Who who is delay worthy and who isn't? Absolutely, you're right. Uh, The only other uh, NFL news we had before we get to the games was uh, the uh, something we've been talking about for a while and going back and forth with on MVPs or whatever. The uh, the. uh, which we call it the Associated Press has not uh, picked yet, and we'll, we won't know that until you know NFL Honors Night, uh, night before the Super Bowl. But the uh, Professional Football Writers of America, the uh, uh, Pro Football Writers of America, uh, PFWA, if you will, uh, they've named Aaron Rodgers their MVP. Um, so, uh, if that's any indication of what the Associated Press will do, I don't know. I, at this point, I don't see how you don't, <laughs> but. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's other guys you can make a case for, but not. I don't think nearly as strong a case as. No. What's Aaron Rodgers? He's like plus forty five in touchdowns to interceptions. I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Fifty. It's, 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 it's fifty a huge... to five or fifty two to five or something outrageous. It's a huge he's, ridiculous it, number. Yeah. He's peaking. <laughs> Let's put it that way. He's peaking. Yeah. That's. He's. he's uh, what did they say on uh, PTI the other day? last night? I think it was. Uh, he's at the height of his powers right now. <laughs> height of his powers. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Both uh, Kornheiser and Wilbon use the same <laughs> phrase. So he's at the height of his powers right now. Uh, that's great. You got to love it. Um, and I'm obviously repping the uh, Packers, so I'm hoping that they are yeah. going through. So we'll see what happens. Um, so let's let's talk about some games. Let's talk about the games uh, uh, this past week. Um, we'll start with the uh, we'll start with the Packers uh, since we're talking about. Uh, at them at the moment. Uh, Packers over the Rams, 32-18. Uh, Aaron Rodgers threw for almost 300 yards and two touchdowns. Goff threw for 174 yards and one touchdown. So, um, what should we call it? Packers had almost 200 yards rushing and two TV, two DD. Yeah, what was their, their what was their total yardage? The Four four eighty four, I think. Yeah, yeah it was it was clo- damn close to five hundred. Close yeah, to five hundred against the NFL's number one defense, who, right? You know, spent a little too much time out on the on the field, quite honestly. And Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Donald was uh, uh, not in every play. He obviously was not a hundred percent. No, he was not. 100%. How much of it? I don't know if that was. I don't think even him being out there a hundred percent every play. Um, would have been the difference in the game might have made it a little bit closer. It might have been a little, a little closer. Little it wasn't better. A... Goff looked a little bit better throwing the ball, but uh, I, just the Packers are just clicking right now. They they are firing on all cylinders basically in every 
aspect of their game, and mm-hmm. obviously their offense is the strong point of their game compared to the sure. defense. Um, uh, yeah, but even and, their and, defense stepped up too. I mean, like I said, Goff only had 174 yards passing, and uh, Kim Akers, the only Ram that rushed at all on Saturday, 90 yards. Right. That's it. So they, the Rams, only had 90 yards rushing and 174 yards in the, in the air. Yeah, that's it. So 264 was their total yardage. Uh, so over, you know, almost, you know, maybe about 30 yards away from doubling the yardage was the Packers. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, and I, look, once you you know you get down, you rely a little bit more on the passing game, and that allows your defense to play you know a certain way. And I, I honestly don't know what's considered more of a strength of the Packers' D, their D against the rush, or their D against or their secondary. I don't know. Yeah, um, but you know, uh, they were they were the whatever. better team. They were the better team. They, they, and, they were the know, better team. The Rams were a nice story, but just not enough not enough defense against the Packers' offense. Right. Right, exactly. But so we'll see. Uh, and that that uh, was really what was going to have to win them the game, certainly. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're you know, Kyle had another week to get healthy, but he's still not a hundred percent. And it was right. the defense that was going to have to win, and they just, right. you know, too tough, too too tall an order for them. It was way too tall an order, absolutely. So, and then the uh, second game on Saturday, the uh, Bills over the Ravens, seventeen to three. The Bills held the Ravens. I mean, there were a lot of people. In fact, to be quite honest with you, almost every show that I watched, we talk about it. Um, uh, even, even some of the picks prior to the game on, on the networks, uh, more people were picking the Ravens than were picking the Bills. Like yeah, listen, much I had less the faith in the Bills. You had the Ravens, yeah. Much less faith in the, uh, in the Bills than, than in the Ravens. And the Bills held them to three points. And the fact that Lamar Jackson went out in, a, in you know, towards the end of the third quarter with a concussion, you know what? I mean, his, what, what was, who replaced him? What was, uh, what was the kid's name? Hold on, I got it right here. Tyler Huntley. Yeah, um, you know he he didn't do too shabby of a job. Granted, he didn't do Lamar Jackson of a, a Lamar Jackson of a job, but um, you know it's not like he came in and you know uh, threw three picks and just you know uh, yeah. was was there to to go through the motions. He didn't Nate um, Sudfeld it. <laughs> he didn't Nate Sudfeld it. No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I was trying to stay away from that. Thanks, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what you call it? But yeah, he was somewhere it, in between Chad Henny. And Nate Sudfeld. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Somewhere in between the two. But uh, the thing that actually, you know, uh, piqued my interest the most is that uh, as much as Lamar Jackson was running and running and running and no one was stopping him, especially the week before in Tennessee, the uh, Bills held him to 34 yards on nine carries. That was it. You know, he did not. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and granted, some of that was – and you can't even say some of that was catch-up because at, at the half it was 3-3, you know? Right. It was a boring game, quite honestly. It was in, a until pretty boring game, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll say this. I, I think I think Baltimore's defense did a pretty good job against Buffalo, right? They held them to ten offensive points. Yeah, yeah. The one, the other touchdown was the uh, was the pick six, right? You know, a hundred and one yards, which hundred one yard pick six. You know, that's when is the last time that happened? Was uh, Pittsburgh, right? Pittsburgh, Harrison. Yeah. Yep. And that was was that in the Super Bowl? Or is that it just a playoff game? I think nah, it doesn't matter. Game. It's a playoff game. Um, either way. Uh, so, that I mean, that's, you know, kind of a fluky play that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think Baltimore's job, uh, Baltimore's defense did the job that they needed to do against Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffalo's defense did the job that they needed to do against Baltimore. Look, the Ravens uh, going up against Tennessee, and they shut down Derrick Henry, and Tennessee didn't have enough 
other offense to get it done. Right. Same kind of thing here. If you can keep Cam from dancing into the end zone on you, you've got a shot. And I'll say two things about um, two things, or maybe one thing. Uh, and and obviously, um, it's exciting to to watch the Ravens, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, Lamar Jackson. If he doesn't develop, think, number one, they got to give him some weapons to throw to, yeah. and he's got to become a better passer. Yeah, he does. I, mean, he does. I think we look. I I know when they beat Tennessee, a lot of people said, "Oh, this is Lamar Jackson's coming out game. He's got the playoff monkey off his back and all this." I really didn't feel that way. I thought he had a really good game, and they shut down Derrick Henry. And well, that's it. And Ryan that, that's Tannehill good. wasn't up to the task. Uh, and the deep Baltimore defense was good enough to to, sh- to shut Tennessee down. I, Lamar Jackson is this is probably as far as he's ever going to go, yeah. if he doesn't become a better passer. And he's not a terrible passer. No, but he's not, not a very good. He's a lot of work, but he right. right. But you got to get him some weapons, yeah. and he's got to add that element to his game. You can't sure. survive on just the run and, in this and, game. And Tucker. On our list, missing missing two. Granted, the wind up there had a ton to do with it. Yeah, please. my but number missing, one missing. or number two, missing right. That well, didn't hey, help. He's anything. an accurate kicker, though. He hit both those he missed. He hit one upright on one side, and one upright on the other side. So yeah, I mean, try and do that. You know, you can't. So I mean, if you're going to give him kudos, <laughs> at well, least, I wonder if that's. What he, I'm just going to nick them. I'm, I'm going to nick gonna, the upright on this one. Watch this, guys. Watch this one. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, yeah that, that, I, might, I, that, that reminds me of uh, the lethal, lethal weapon when uh, when uh, uh, what's called uh, Murtaugh puts the uh, uh, in in the shooting uh, shooting range puts the oh, yeah, yeah. halfway out and shoots uh, a hole straight in the one center of the head, brings it back, right. and Riggs puts it all the way to the end and puts two eyes and a mouth. That was uh, that was some some lousy some, some lousy shooting on Justin Tucker's part. But yeah, exactly. I, I just look. Lamar Jackson is great for this league. He's exciting. I wish him nothing but success as long as they're not playing the Jets. But uh, unless he add, especially with the offense these days, unless they add some some aspect of a passing game in Baltimore, they're just they're not going to get anywhere. There's going to always be another good defense that's going. If you can shut him down right now, you can shut. Well, that's what I was going to say. We'll give we'll give the Bills a little credit here because oh yeah, no, no, they do look, deserve credit. Their absolutely. defense was great. It was, and let, and that's what I was going to go with this. They the the Ravens did what they had to do the week before, right? They had to shut down Derrick Henry. That yeah. was what that you shut down Derrick Henry, you can win the game, and that's what they did. And they didn't blow the Titans out; they won by a touchdown. No, so, and it, and it didn't look real good for them until Jackson scampered 49 yards for a score. Right, right. And that sort of opened things up and, right. you know, raised which, the spirits of the team. Which leads me to this week, the Bills' job was to shut Lamar Jackson down. And that's what they did, and they won the game. So, yeah. you know, find the one thing that you need to do, the most important thing you need to do, handle that, and you have a chance. Yep. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's where, uh, you know, I, I think the Bills – if, honestly, I mean, we'll we'll talk about this when we get to beaten by the coin. But uh, you know, the Bills are a good team. The Bills are a good team, and you know, uh, we're going to see what happens. And I think a lot of it depends on who uh, who's playing uh, quarterback for uh, for this uh, for this Chiefs team this weekend. Yes, um, it does. You know, is it Pat? Is it Mr. Mahomes, or uh, are we uh, looking at anything's possible? You know, 
on uh, on, <laughs> or on, a, or on in he- other words, are we looking Hen- at a law or any given Sunday? Ah, <laughs> that's what they said. So there it anyway, is. Okay. But all right. Uh, and one other thing, one other last note on uh, the Bills Ravens game. Um, I don't know whether you you read that uh, read this or not, but the Bills Mafia, uh, a lot of the Bills fans, they actually uh, made donations to uh, one of Lamar Jackson's charities. And uh, they actually made over $360,000 in donations to one of his charities. Wow. So it's just like a, like a, you know, thank you for playing the game. We, you know. Would, would they have done that if he didn't get hurt, though? Uh, probably not. But, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that was kind of a cool thing, you know, uh, for them to do. So, well, but, of course, uh, they gave the most money to Jackson's Smashable Tables charity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because they, they figured they're going to get some of that back. We're going to need some we're, of them we're tables. We're going to need some of them Smashable Tables. So, <laughs> And I think that's what they did. They actually bought $360,000 worth <laughs> of the Smashable Tables. Everybody give a couple bucks to Lamar's Smashable, you know, Lamar's picnic fund and give up those folding tables. We need a couple hundred of them. Yeah, we know those, definitely. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's speaking of uh, speaking of the Bills' next opponent. Let's get to the Chiefs game on Sunday uh, over the Browns. The Chiefs won twenty-two to seventeen. Not uh, the Chiefs haven't been blowing anybody out. I mean, they've been they've been doing just enough to win. You know, they've what they've lost one game this season. Now, granted, they lost the last game too, but nobody was playing, so you can't uh, yeah you can't count that. So with that game out the window, they've lost one meaningful game uh, this year, and but just doing what they needed to do to win. And I think that's their MO this year, you know? And, you know, I mean, last year was we're going to be down by 30 points but come back to beat you in the end by a touchdown. Well, now they're not down by 30 points, but they're still only coming back to beat you by a touchdown in the end, you know? Right, right. So, oh, well, although they have had some some decent-sized comebacks this season, but... No, they nothing like last they, year's playoffs, but... No, no, definitely not like last year's playoffs. I mean, they still have that switch that they flip and they turn it on and... Sure. You just wonder when, at some point, you think there's going to be a time when they flip that switch and it, you know, the, the light bulb doesn't go on. And right. That could be this year's AFC Championship game. But, it could very um, well be this year's AFC Championship look, game. Look, this is going to come down to Mahomes, and not only if he plays, but if he's really healthy. Again, if there, I don't know if there's a way to sneak somebody through the protocol if he really, if he did have a concussion. Um, you you would hope that there would not be, but. Listen, would it be unfathomable to think that the Chiefs are going to put him in the best position to to be approved by the NFL, and the NFL is going to have their adjudicator go in and say, "Well, we really kind of want to see this guy play." Right. You know what I'm you know what I'm saying? Right. I'm not exactly. I, I don't want to. I don't want to say they're just going to blow off the protocol, and he's definitely going to pass no matter what. But maybe they fudge it a little bit. So that you know, if if he really did have a a concussion, that might, you might have both sides just willing to fudge it, just a just little enough. bit, just enough to get him through to play. Right, right. Which, and, yeah. and you know, I, mean, what? It, it, I, you I, know I hope what? that doesn't happen. But it's, it's not, not like anything like this has happened before. No, no. There's never, never, ever been a time when <laughs> someone who probably shouldn't have been playing played. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we're going to see what happens, but like we we talked about before uh, a little earlier, um, I don't. I, I I at first I I was all over like okay that was a dirty hit, you know, and flashbacks of uh, Mason uh, uh, Miles Garrett 
uh, the year before, ripping Mason Rudolph's helmet off and swinging it at his head and getting him in the head with it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, and then saying, you know, Samuel Brown's defense, blah, 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 blah. But I, I, don't, I don't think it was a, a dirty hit. It's just an unfortunate hit and the way his arm came down. And I do. I think it was more of a choked out kind of thing than it was a concussion because his head did hit the ground, but it really didn't look like the force that his head hit the ground didn't, and granted, it was a bang, bang play, but didn't look like it was enough to make him react that way when he went to get up. Right. So it, right. I think it had more to do with the, the choked out kind of thing. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens on Sunday. If they're going to, if he's going to play, how he's going to play, if they're uh, going to have a short leash on him, they're going to be looking. I, you know, on that play, I got to be honest with you, though. Just talk about that play just for a second when he, when he, uh, when he got hurt. He was already hobbling. He was already had, he had, whether well, it was that's, turf toe. Yeah, that's the other or, odd thing. He's right. got a, he's got an injured toe now. Yeah, so. exactly. And he, and he had it looked out a couple of times and he was, I was limping around. Why? And that, that was a, straight quarterback run there was no it wasn't a broken play that he just took off on that was a that was a cold play your quarterback has a uh, has an injured toe and you're calling a quarterback run it really yeah. didn't make sense no I, know, I it agree. came back to bite him in the ass obviously you know so. i agree the, the only thing i could say is um yeah and i mean you can't look any any play that you call like that where somebody gets hurt you can always go like your quarterback gets hurt you can go well they never should have. why would you even call that play Right. right? Uh, given that he had the injured toe, you, you'd add to that. The only thing in in defense of that I can say is um, we don't know what was wrong with the toe. I don't know if it was broken or whatever, but he was playing on it. And the sure. only thing in the defense I can say is you don't want to take him out of his game. Right. If he's out there right. playing, you're going to let him play his game. And if he's going to be a little bit. He moves and yeah. His game means he moves and he runs, and there's going to be design run plays for him. And sure. you want him to be out there, and you don't, you know, you don't want to be trying to change things up and, you know, just uh, uh, making him be, you know, just don't run out of the pocket. You know, again, I I agree with you. If if he's got a hurt toe, you shouldn't be calling a run. You got to come up with some other play than right. a designed quarterback run. But I could see, I you know, I can see the the school of thought that says just let him play his game. His ankle's not broken. His his foot is not broken i guess you know he, he hurt his toe it was his toe um, yeah exactly again but you know I, they, I don't think they x-rayed him or anything right no no he never left the field unless they did yeah. at halftime i don't know but i don't know but so we, we didn't really know what was wrong with it but you would sure. think you know if it was really bad he probably wouldn't have been out there he wouldn't have been out there, yeah. might have taken a needle and gone out you know mm. could be one of those i mean look what do you do with a broken toe you, you tape it up Right, if you're a pro athlete, you tape it up and you stick a needle in it so it doesn't hurt. Exactly. You know, you exactly. try not to make the whole foot go numb, obviously, because right. you don't want to. You know, you don't want him to be out there like with his foot asleep trying to play football. But tape. To, yeah, I mean, unless your toe is bent back the other way and there's broken skin, you just tape it to the other toe, right? That's that's, that's all. And then you I've let broke, it heal. I broke my I broke my pinky toes before. Yeah, and, and broken I've, toes. I didn't even I didn't even go to the doctor. You just push it back, painful, yeah. and tape it to the other toe. Yeah, there's nothing they're going to do for the pinky toe. Now, granted, this might have been his big toe, so there could have been something they could have done for that, but depends on what it is. But, yeah, no, you're right. And but you yeah, know what? I, you can look at it either way. Don't have him run. He's got a hurt toe. Or just let him play his game. It's not that bad. Whatever's wrong with him, it's not career-threatening or, right. or anything like that. So let sure. him play his game. I agree. Um, the other thing we should say is that we should give uh, Andy Reid, uh, and, and for that matter, uh, Eric Bieniemy. um uh, the a Brass Marbles Award for letting Chad Henney uh, you know, throw that pass on fourth and uh, fourth and a foot at the end yeah. of the game. There, 
that was uh hey you know what i mean it was it was a cool design right because it made them think okay they're just they're just trying to draw us off sides and they got all the way down to three seconds on the game clock boom and and it was well designed it was good that was that was good and i think now that that worked watch next season you're going to see that a bunch you just watch probably yeah instead of because nobody's falling for the whole you know and unless it's nobody a team, jumps off sides unless it's a team that's playing the packers because aaron Rodgers just has the knack to get them to jump but other than that no team has fallen for this get them to jump on fourth and inches anyway. no it's well they, didn't they change the rule about the hard count I, so that it's now harder to draw teams off right right, right? like you can't right, yeah. be deceptive I, i'm pretty sure they they actually had a rule change about that so that you can't be as blatant about it. But you're right. Nobody's really fallen for it. And look, here's the, here's the, here's the thing you could say about um, taking Mahomes out or, or, well, let me, I don't want to, I don't want to go in, in reverse order here, but the fact that they were willing to try that, if Chad Henney hadn't played week 17, right. Might have been a different story. It would have been definitely right? a different story. You, you he had a whole guy, game under his belt. That just, just you right. Know, you have a guy who hadn't played, a, a, taken a snap since when? Right. Did he have any snaps this season? Maybe no. Been. Unless he came in at the end of one game. I didn't watch every Chiefs game, so yeah. he might have come in at the end of one or two games. But so certainly, was, lot, you know? if anything, it was a few snaps weeks and weeks and weeks ago. I, right. I don't think he's been in a game maybe since last year. Yeah. But the fact that he played a whole game. You know, at least he's in there. He's a little bit more familiar. You know, it was only a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah. you know, you still kind of have those. Uh, it was a gutsy call. No question about that. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. Could what? Could you really? You don't have faith in running for a foot? <laughs> <laughs> you know? I yeah. mean. Well, you know what? I, I guess was, not. I if guess they were going to go with, if they were going to go with actually, actually legitimately going for it on fourth down and not just trying to draw them off sides and Mahomes was in there, it probably would have been a sneak. It yeah. probably would have been in Mahomes jumping up over the middle, put the ball out, boom, get the first down done. But uh, I don't think they were going to do that with Chad Henney. So, but it was a pretty cool, pretty cool play. I mean, Tyreek Hill sold it. Uh, yeah. Bing, bang, boom, right there, and all the and and kudos to him. You know, uh, the uh, what is it? What have we called it now? The Todd Gurley rule. <laughs> Just go down. Don't go oh, out yeah, of bounds. Yeah. Don't you know? Don't don't score. Yeah. Don't he just, didn't he didn't Gurley take a set. <laughs> take, don't bonk and don't Gurley. Exactly. So yeah, I, it's uh, I guess the 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 fooling factor of not only actually going for it but having a pass play, right? right. You're right. thinking, yeah, yeah. okay, well, yeah, they're they're gonna try and draw us off sides, and maybe with one second or two seconds or whatever, they're gonna actually snap the ball and they're gonna hand it off. No, 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 you wouldn't think they're actually right. gonna snap it and they're gonna run a passing play. Right. So uh, no doubt it was a gutsy call, but again, if if any hadn't played a couple of weeks ago, it doesn't. Happen. I don't I don't know if you would. No, you're you, right. you you probably you, you might do it, but you'd be running. I don't think you'd be throwing the ball. Exactly. So, and then uh, and that brings us to the uh, the other game, the the uh, final oh, of those four. I'll, I'll, I'll just say one other thing. Sure. Um, I got to think if you're a Cleveland fan, despite the loss, things are looking pretty good for you. Yeah, you went yeah, up you know and what? you got to be happy with Baker Mayfield right now. Yeah, I mean, you could you could say that the of the uh, of all of the teams that lost this past weekend. Probably the yeah. only team that's a little down on themselves is the Rams, uh, you know. Um, and granted, the Saints are probably licking some wounds because they've lost three years I'm, in a I'm, row now, and when yeah, they I'm, I'm could sure. have slash sure. should have gotten to the Super Bowl. But and we'll talk but about I mean, that. In a I think right now, but. I think Cleveland, you know, they're they were really Jekyll and Hyde this season. There were a lot of questions about are they really good? We know they have a lot of talent. Have they really put it together? I think they've kind of put it together. I think they've answered more questions about yes, they're really good. 
And they're obviously still going to have growing pains, but uh, yeah, but not that right, I really have any love for the Browns. But you, you, you know, got to be pretty happy. I think you got to be happy. Fans. Kevin Stefanski is looking like a good, uh, good uh, coach. I mean, who knows? Maybe he is going to get the coach of the year this year. Um, yeah, that really yeah I, seem, but... I, I, I don't think I could argue with that very, no, very strenuously, think, or, or argue against it. Yeah. Sure, no, not at all. And you and you went up against the Chiefs, right? You went up against the number one team, exactly, exactly. and you were close. You came close, so nothing to be that's ashamed true. about. That's for sure. No, not at all. Not at all. All right, so uh, yeah, yeah, New Orleans and uh... New Sorry, Orleans. Go ahead. I was just going to say New Orleans, and before we get to New Orleans and the Bucks, why don't we bring in somebody to uh, talk with us about New Orleans and the Bucks? Here he is, folks. Is it, is it Drew Brees? It is Drew Brees. Here he is. Drew Brees, folks, right there. How Drew you doing? Brees, welcome to the show. Thanks. Hey, thanks, Drew. Thanks, thanks for having me. Sorry, I forgot how to throw a ball. But <laughs> after you break 37 ribs, you know, it's, it gets tough. Yeah. Yeah, you really Peyton Manning did out there. Yeah, Peyton Manning, I think, with the inability to throw one a Super Bowl in his last year. So Yeah, it, Saints didn't. Give you quite the same defense as the Broncos gave Peyton, though. No, no, no. And Peyton didn't have to play Tom Brady either. Yeah. Peyton did not have to play Tom Brady. This is true. Uh, And speaking of that, what do we, uh, you know what? I still say, though, Breeze doesn't throw, was it four interceptions, right? One wasn't his fault, three were, from memory serves. Um, He doesn't throw those three clear, you know, (laughs) forcing the ball in there. I thought he was Ben Roethlisberger a few weeks ago for a minute. Yeah. I, I think the Saints actually still do have a shot to win the game um, because those three those three interceptions that he shouldn't have thrown led to 17 of the 30 points for the Bucks. Now, that's not to say they wouldn't have scored again, but it's also not to say that those drives wouldn't have kept going and the Saints would have had more points. So Until what's-his-name fumbled. Turnovers. Turnovers dictated this game. Absolutely. And, and Tampa Bay capitalized on them. Um, yeah, Saints were rolling before what's the wide receiver yeah. – I forget it, number 87. I forget his yeah. name. Uh, fumbled that ball, and that just kind of took the wind out of uh, yeah. and, t- and, t- and Tampa Bay in the beginning of the game was not moving the ball. I mean, Tampa Bay's defense came up incredibly big in this game. And, you know, uh, same thing with Green Bay's defense. I mean, if these if Tampa Bay's defense can play like that again and create that many turnovers, you know, you, you can only put Tom Brady within the red zone so many times without – uh, you know, a team without him being successful. And, and that's really, I think, going to be the key. Again, it's... Right. And giving them a shorter field to get there in the first right. place. Right. You're, you're, yeah. there's, you only get so many chances to stop them. You know, you only get so many third downs or whatever. And uh, yeah. if they don't have to, you know, go much of the length of the field uh, or they're taking over on the 30-yard line, you're you're going to you're gonna be sunk. Right. Yeah, both, I mean, both Green Bay and Tampa Bay's defense... They might be the two most improved defenses since the beginning of the year, and they're both playing their best right now. Sure. Uh, Green Bay seems to be able to move the ball a lot more consistently than Tampa Bay. So if Green Bay doesn't turn it over, I don't see Tampa Bay winning this game unless unless they're just able to open up their offense more than you know they, they were last week. And so um, I, I think it's going to be a close game, though. I'm actually you know pulling – for Tampa Bay, but I just everything's looking like this should be a win for Tampa. Well, I mean, we'll we'll talk about that in a second. I was just going to say, as far as the Saints go, that's eighty-seven. By the way, is Jared Cook? Jared Cook, um, thank Jared you. Cook, yep. yeah. um, Thanks, Jared. Another lousy Jared. 
<laughs> these, these Jareds, I swear. Name one Baltimore. person named Jared who's good. Uh, I'm sure there's a few out there. Any any Jareds out there? Write in. If we don't want, we don't want to upset the entire uh, <laughs> Jared you know, population. Jared population. There's quite a few of them. <laughs> That's I'm sure, there's true. more than those two. So. I, and um, if there is a Jared listening, you get a free used T-shirt from Radio Pete. <laughs> Somewhere yeah, in one, one of those boxes behind him. Somewhere in the boxes is the T-shirt of the week giveaway. That's right. You know uh, what? I got uh, comes I got with a ribbon overalls. and a cup of coffee. Yes, I overalls. Some overalls. I'll send there you. Yeah, you. I got go. a pair of That's right. pair of game worn overalls that I'll send to you, Jared. That's, That's right. It was it was, his, uh, it was when, it was when he was in, it was when he was in Dexy's Midnight Runners. They're, they're, <laughs> They're they're three quarter length frayed cutoff overalls. Absolutely, I was the I was the, I was the backup strap on the side that he could hang his violin on the. That's right. Yeah. So. yeah, I was the backup washboardist. Backup. Washboard. And Jared, you can have those overalls if you can prove that you're not a loser like all the other Jareds. There you go. And there prove you go. your name is actually Jared. And prove your name yeah. is actually. Jared. Actually, you don't have to prove anything. Just be named Jared and contact us. Now to to wrap up the Saints game, uh, do we do we think Breeze is retiring? Yeah. Think he's done? Yeah. I mean, he wanted to, they, they, he, he was, he talked on the phone to Philip Rivers and said, okay, you go first and then I'll retire afterwards. So I don't think Rivers is retiring, but I do he think he's, oh, he did today. Yeah. He announced, yeah. What do I know? Uh, look, he, they can always change their minds or whatever. Uh, he can always, he might, yeah. feel, you know, he might feel better. Uh, how, you many, know, how many I, times I, did, I, how many times did, uh, uh, Brett Favre retire? Well, it just the reason why I didn't think he would is why would you just go for one year to Indianapolis? I mean, it just seems. I think they only signed him to a one-year contract. I think they just brought him in for a year. True, is what it was. So, but uh, and maybe they want to bring Brissett up, and maybe they want to get involved with the whole thing we were talking about before. Not that we'll bring it back up again, but uh, the whole Deshaun Watson thing. I mean, any team is uh, is um, you know, and and that's an interdivisional trade too. So interdivisional, interdivisional. Word of the hour. So uh I'm sure I'm sure in your ninety minutes of Jets Giants talk you talked about No, we only the, actually talked for thirty two minutes on Jets. The Giants. dream of Deshaun Watson playing in the Meadowlands for the New York that. Jets. <laughs> we actually I'll bring it up. The reason I brought it up though, uh bring it up to you. One of the things I heard was uh there's been a lot of teams because they're looking for draft capital and they're looking for uh, a serviceable quarterback to use while they rebuild. Sure. Right? So one of the teams that was heard of was mentioned was uh, the Broncos. Has you have you heard anything in Denver about that? Well, yeah, I mean they're talking about it quite a bit, and uh, I just don't think the Broncos have the same capital as you know. Having a second pick is a little different. I mean, there's even been some rumors of uh, of trading the first pick and saying you know let's go with Deshaun Watson and 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 but uh, there's a lot of talk. I think he'd be a good fit here in Denver. I think. You know, Denver's one of those teams that has some other issues going on right now that uh, I, I, they have a new uh, a new GM and uh, who was just named this week. And I think that he will come to the conclusion, hopefully on his own and not with too much input from Mr. John Elway, that um, the Broncos need a new quarterback. And if you can get Deshaun Watson, then I think it's a no-brainer. I think you trade... Broncos pick and whatever else they may want. Well, they'll have to, uh, trade, Drew, they'll have to trade Drew Locke. So they, they right. want they want the quarterback, the starting quarterback, back because they need somebody to fill right. the void. Right, and, and then I think Drew Locke can fill a void, but I, I don't think he can fill a void as well as you know as Darnold would. And I don't right. think that uh, whatever the pick the Broncos have, whatever they have, the seventh pick uh, certainly is as 
valuable as the second. So sure. And as you mentioned too, the first pick. Now that brings up an interesting point. What if the what if the Jags get involved here and trade the first pick and Gardner Minshew to uh, Houston, and then T Law is available at two? Do the Jets pick him? Well, would he be available? I still think Houston would would take him with the first pick. Well, yeah, I guess you would do that. Yeah, 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 that's true too. I mean, if they don't, they're ridiculously dumb. Well, that's yeah, true too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like you're not you're not going to say, "Well, we got Carter Minshew, so why do we need Trevor Lawrence?" Well, maybe uh, you know, maybe maybe Bill O'Brien raises his uh, raises a stink out there, even though he's not there anymore, and yeah, picks you, uh, and picks a, uh, a quite a quite underrated... a year for quite a year for Houston fans, you know. Yeah, you would you would think they kind of got rid of the stupid when they got rid of O'Brien. Yeah, <laughs> yeah at least uh, maybe, at least this trend wasn't going on when Hakeem Olajuwon was playing there. Exactly, <laughs> or well, Warren, Warren Moon. Well, uh, that's crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, well. That should wrap up that. And before we get into talking about uh, the games, why don't we talk about the games in beaten uh, by the coin? And since we, uh, you know, since we took as long as we did with that conversation, now, Mister Lugnuts, you can make your own picks. My own picks. I your own uh, picks. And we were debating whether to enforce the uh, no-show the... coin pick rule. <laughs> No, I gave you my picks. I texted you my picks. No, I know that doesn't matter. <laughs> show. He was he was bringing up the uh, Pete brought up the fact that the original thong was if somebody isn't on the show, the coin is their picks. And the reason he brought it up is because you're only one game ahead of them. So right, and, I, and also the first week when the coin picked for me, I think the coin went one and three. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, look. In my defense, I said no. We know what Harry's picks are. We should just let him pick the games, even if he doesn't show. And Jersey Johnny said, I don't know. The rule is the rule. Uh, I did not say that. <laughs> I, have, I have a feeling that I might be backwards. <laughs> no, no, no. He actually did. Pete actually said it. Pete said we should just leave with the picks. And no, he says I, if I he wants to, it. he's going to go against them and try to shake something up or whatever. But well, Let's give uh, our picks. Well, I might, I might make a legitimate pick that is not the same as yours in, in one of these two games but uh, we'll see what I'm, I'm still, still uh, mulling I, mean, over I want my, my picks are you know obviously Kansas City and, and Green Bay but I want Buffalo and Tampa Bay there you go well um, before you actually tell us our picks let's start the segment beaten by the coin beaten by the coin I'm sure I'll lose to the coin no one wants to be beaten by the coin take it away I mean, the, re- the real right. question here is, do we know if Patrick Mahomes is going to play? No, we have to change this podcast to not be on a Wednesday. It has to be a Thursday because... <laughs> or it might have to be a- Sunday at 10 a.m. Sunday at 10 yeah, a.m. That- Sunday. <laughs> I'll tell you a quick story. Years ago, uh, my wife was in the football pool at work. I was working for... Uh, I think she was still working for J.P. Morgan Chase. And um, so she would ask me what the... Uh, you know who who to pick, and but the they did did their picks on Wednesdays. So after a couple of weeks, I said, "Listen, you got to tell these guys you can't do your picks on Wednesdays because the injury reports don't come out till Thursday." Right. So the next week, she went in, and she handed in her picks, and she went, "You know, we really shouldn't be doing this until Thursday because the injury reports come out on Thursday." And so they actually changed. <laughs> Uh, and made uh, Thursday or Friday, I think, the day to put the picks in. There was no Thursday night football then. At they the made time, Friday yeah. the day to put the picks in. And everybody thought she knew a lot about football. There you go. 
Well, she, she did, right? Well, she, you know, she knew. Because of you, she knew a lot of She knew a little bit. We used to watch the games and stuff. But uh, but yeah. she went in and just said, you know, like someone who really knows what they're talking about, this yeah. really isn't right, guys. We don't even <laughs> have the injury report. We can't be making picks. So they, I don't know if they thought she was like some sort of maniacal gambler or like, I don't know. She, she knows football. And I think I did fairly well uh, that season. So I guess they thought she knew football. She's pretty good with her picks and got them to actually change the day that they went in. Yeah. How did we? Hilarious. So, how did we do on? Uh, how do we do last week? Well, look, uh, the coin went one and three. I went two and two. We all lost with New Orleans. Obviously, you guys both went three and one, and I lost with Baltimore. The coin lost with Baltimore, Cleveland, and New Orleans. So, uh, Johnny now sixty three and twenty three. Harry's fifty six and thirty. I'm fifty five and thirty one. And the coin is now four games under five hundred at forty one and forty five. So, no chance of anybody. Catching anybody except for me, possibly catching you, Mister Nuts. So well, I'm going to put. Uh, so you're going. You're going Green Bay. I'm going Green Bay and uh, Kansas City. And Kansas City. All right. I mean, uh, both, both. I think. I mean, if Mahomes doesn't play, I think it's a completely different ball game. I yeah. I agree. And yeah. what we said before too is we we mentioned the fact that. The Chiefs have not actually come out and announced that Patrick Mahomes suffered a concussion. They True. just keep saying he's in the concussion protocol. Anybody, anytime anybody suffers a concussion, they said, okay, so-and-so suffered a concussion on Sunday, and he's in the protocol. They have not said that. They said he's in the concussion protocol. What do you so, think that means? I think that means it's more likely he got, you know, it was more like he got choked out, and yeah. that's why he was a little... So he didn't uh, have a concussion. In, so he didn't actually have a concussion. And I think that's why they're just... You know, hedging their bets and a little gamesmanship, and so he had the. He, what happened to him is what happens when Andy Reid tries to choke down too many wings at the exactly. same time. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, gets, by the way, gets it stuck in his face shield. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did forget to mention uh, uh, this before. Um, uh, grocery stores, convenience stores in Buffalo have pulled all of the bottles of Casey Masterpiece barbecue sauce off the shelves. Can't All see. three of those Buffalo stores are just—it's <laughs> because they, they looked at them and they expired in '87. Yeah, that's, yeah, I was gonna say I don't think they made that anymore. But uh. it took them nearly an hour at the Piggly Wiggly. That's right. Those so, shelves are big and deep. So um, I feel the same way. Uh, I know Harry had said earlier that if Mahomes plays, I'm going with the Chiefs. If Mahomes doesn't play, I'm going with the Bills. So um, not that we're going to do any contingencies, but I feel the same way if we're just making that statement. But as far as my picks go, I'm in lockstep with Harry, Packers, and Chiefs. Packers over the Bucks, Chiefs over the Bills. Well, I'm going to uh, I'm going to agree with you guys on Green Bay. I think um, I don't think Tampa Bay's defense is going to be able to hang with Green Bay's offense. And Green Bay's defense, I don't think they played a pretty darn good game, but I don't think that's indicative that they are now suddenly a uh, stellar defense either. But um, right. If they can get to Brady a little bit, uh, you know, the Giants had success in punching Brady in the mouth uh, in a couple of big uh, Super Bowl games, I guess they were. And if Green Bay can get to do a little bit of that, I think they can they can overcome. And, and Tampa Bay, you know, they, they didn't look good in the beginning of that game. So I'm going to go with Green Bay. I'm going to take Buffalo um, because I don't – I tend to agree that probably Patrick Mahomes did not have – a concussion, right. uh, or if he did, it was a mild one. 
Um, he does have a toe injury, and maybe that's not a big deal either. But he might suffer some effects from that. And Kansas City, look, as good as they are, they've been kind of dancing on the edge. And I just feel like Buffalo is a team on a mission here. And, um, and I'm a game behind, quite honestly. So... <laughs> So uh, either do something to have it come so, down to the Super Bowl. So this week it will either come down to the Super Bowl or we're done. Or you're done. And, you're done. and I'm third, and I'm fine with that because I beat the <laughs> coin. So I'm going to take uh, the Buffalo Bills. There you go. And we will now uh, flip the coin for the Tampa Bay Green Bay game, which comes up heads. Green Bay, which means the home team. So that's Green Bay, and then another flip for Buffalo and Kansas City. Let's see if the one and three coin from last week is with me here. I'm so scared. Uh, comes up tails. And it is. Which is the away team. So there we go. They're going to take uh, Buffalo as well. There you go. So that's it. So it's all. I just think it's exciting that all of this picking is coming down to maybe being decided in the conference championship round or perhaps being decided in the Super Bowl. Could be decided in the Super Bowl, yeah. Because I will definitely I will I will definitely uh, give uh, Harry first choice and then pick whoever he doesn't want. In the <laughs> Super doesn't Bowl. I don't care if it's, if I have to go against the Chiefs. I'll do yeah, it. We can end up in a tie. We cannot end up tied. I would rather <laughs> I would rather lose than end up tied after and thirty Harry, we weeks just... of fix. Harry, we decided before that second place prize is a, a ribbon and a nice ribbon and a cup of coffee. Yeah, a nice ribbon and a cup of coffee. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 a, a ribbing, like a ribbing or a ribbon? No, just a ribbon. Oh, a ribbon. Like a ribbon. A ribbon. Nice little ribbon. A ribbon. Okay. Ribbon, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got you some uh, participatory. I got some participatory ribbons from some of my just, kids' sporting events. None yeah. of them are football. It might be a soccer ribbon, but gotcha. Why I'll give you one. We'll send you one of those and. And a little a Starbucks uh, gift card for eight dollars. I think you get a cup of coffee for eight dollars, almost. <laughs> maybe oh, make it ten. Can't beat that. Can't beat that. <laughs> oh no! What is your what is your favorite coffee place? Kaladi Coffee. There you Kaladi go. Coffee, we'll, yes. send you, we'll send you a nice uh, so second place to... gift card for Kaladi Coffee. We'll go, we'll go online and get the second place gift card from Kaladi. Absolutely. Have them ship. And I don't, I don't even remember what, what is first, first place gets the same thing, right? First place gets your yoga pants. <laughs> My donkey Andy boy pants. <laughs> Unless a Jared calls in. Unless next, Jared uh, calls in, then he gets the yoga pants. Well, under, under the, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I got a couple pairs of overalls. Here. I mean, I can give you a pair of overalls. We can do the overalls. We can do the overalls. Here. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good I think that. you're coming out ahead if you win. And second place is definitely coming out ahead. Yeah, go. yeah. I, if I had to pick one, I'd pick the overalls over the yoga pants. Uh, seems second like a place, less, in, less intimate choice. Second place is a ribbon and a cup of coffee. First place, a set of steak knives. Set of steak knives. <laughs> Gotta love <That's> it. it. <laughs> All right. Are they Ginsu knives? No, not even. No, not even. <laughs> not even close. So. They're Walmart knives. <laughs> that's funny have you have you guys done the top 10 yet no or? no no we're doing no. Top 10 right i thought i thought i would have missed all this no. and we're only an hour and a half in we're only an hour and a half in what are you talking about we we started the top 10 uh, at 205 last week so that's, that's, we're way ahead of schedule this there week. you go 
So, um, uh, do you do you know the uh, order? No, no. <laughs> want to just do it on the fly, and you can bring things up, or you want us to just do what we were going to do without you, and then you could comment. Just do what you were going to do, and if I, I'll, I'll comment when necessary. You got it. Sounds like a plan. All right. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this week uh, for our top ten list, we are doing top ten head coaches in NFL history. Top ten head coaches in NFL history. And uh, Mr. Uh, Radio Pete is going to start us off. And, folks, just as an aside, we actually have only 10 in our top 10 list tonight, <laughs> which is an amazing thing, but yeah, it's you're, true. You're, you're bailing on the, the smallest top 10 list we've had in weeks, Harry. <laughs> exactly. I know. I'm hoping it gets done even quicker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, might be, it might be true. That might be true. We'll see how it goes. All right. Let's, uh, let's Pete, kick it off with number 10, please. All right. Here we go. Number 10, Mr. Joe Gibbs. Uh, certainly, if you're a Giant fan, you're not a fan of Joe Gibbs when he was coaching the Washington, still the Redskins then, uh, 81 to 92, and then a second stint from 2004 to 2007. Uh, 16 years, 17 and 7 in the playoffs, five division titles, four Super Bowl appearances, and a three-time champion in the Pro Hall of, uh, uh, F- Football Hall of Fame in 1996 and on the NFL 100 all-time team. And uh, Gibbs, uh, Super Bowl uh, champion, three different quarterbacks. Um, the Hogs, Theismann, a lot of things to hate about Washington back then. Uh, I only like I, – I never liked Theismann, but I, I liked Washington because, of course, they were a rival of the Giants. And Gibbs, I don't know. I, I always kind of feel like he doesn't get the respect he deserves. You mentioned that yeah, today. I, which is tenth on our list, apparently. So, um, yeah, but look but at that, the names, the rest of the names on the list too. I mean, this yeah, is in good company yeah. still. So, I, I, and he, listen, you, you don't win three Super Bowls and not be somewhere at least close to the to the top ten list. Sure. And and listen, and those were, those were he was coaching during years when the NFC East was a maybe the, form, the formidable conference sure. in football. Some of those Giants teams and those Eagles teams. Yeah. So, well, if you, if, you know, if you if you look at the list that was probably the best researched and made the most sense, somebody had George Joe Gibbs at number six. <laughs> who, who would that have been? I don't know. <laughs> but well, we all, let's put it this way: we all had Joe Gibbs right. on our list. Yeah. Uh, just a matter of where. I think even I think so, I even had him higher than tenth. I believe yeah. you did. He was, a, he was, you know, he was a great coach. They was, those were great teams, obviously, with Riggins and Theismann. And I love the Hogs, even though I was a Giant fan. Whenever offensive linemen start to get credit for anything, I mean, sure. this was the, this was a team that blew your head off on the line of scrimmage. I mean, what were their what were the receivers called? The the midgets or the oh. the Smurfs? Smurfs. The Smurfs. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, you had the Hogs, the Smurfs, John Riggins. And Joe Gibbs. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. Come on. This is true. This is true. All right. Well, we will see where we go from here. That was number 10, Joe Gibbs. I'll take number nine. Number nine would be Mr. Dwayne Charles Bill Parcells. Yes, that is his name. His Dwayne. Bill, Bill is actually a nickname. Uh, Dwayne Charles Parcells is his name. Um. So uh, and his also other nickname is the Big Tuna or just Tuna for short. Um, actually played um, 
for the uh, for the Lions. Actually, it was on the practice squad for him anyway. But uh, uh, yeah, he uh, was uh, basically just a, a head coach. He uh, was um, born, raised in New Jersey. Uh, went to uh, uh, Riverdale uh, High School in Oradell. Um He's uh, was in the NFL draft, uh, drafted by the Lions, uh, round seven. He was the pick eighty nine in the sixty four draft. Uh, never really played, um, but uh, yeah, his uh, his tenure as coach, um, you know, came up. He was in uh, college coaching, uh, was uh, gotten to the uh, pros uh, with the Giants uh, in nineteen seventy nine. He was a linebackers coach. Uh, then in eighty, he went to the Patriots uh, for a year, uh, was the linebackers coach there as well, and then he came back to the Giants. 81 and 82, he was Ray Perkins' defensive coordinator and linebackers coach. Then he got promoted to head coach, and, and the rest is history from there. Uh, 83 to 90 on the Giants, won two Super Bowls uh, in uh, Super Bowl 21 and Super Bowl 25, which, uh, you know, is still one of the greatest Super Bowls <laughs> of all time. Um, you know, then he, went to the, uh, and then he went to the Jets for, uh, I'm sorry, then he went to Patriots for uh, uh, four years, uh, 93 to 96. He was on the Jets for uh, three years. Uh, and then uh, took a few years off and went to the Cowboys uh, for, for four years. And um, he was a general manager for the Jets while he was there. And even a year after, he uh, stopped coaching. And then uh, he was the GM for the uh, Dolphins for a few years. And he's a courtesy consultant uh, still currently for the Cleveland Browns since, uh, uh, since uh, 2014 uh, through till today. I don't know exactly what that entails, what that means, but... Yeah, just just an amazing coach. He took a lot of teams. Uh, let's face it, he took a lot of teams that were uh, you know floundering, and just really just revitalized them. Uh, the Giants were uh, one of the laughing stocks, uh, you know, in the late '60s and all of the '70s of the NFL. Uh, and when he came in, he just really changed the culture. Even when he was you know with Ray Perkins in there, even before he became head coach, and just uh, turned the Giants into a, a dominant dominant team, one of the top teams in the NFL. And and left him uh, left him right after the uh, second Super Bowl he won with him and did the same kind of thing uh, in New England too. I mean New England was floundering. He took that program and it was pre craft too. Uh, took that program and and changed it around. Uh, came in and picked up the Jets and brought them back to an uh, AFC Championship game and did uh, did pretty good numbers in Dallas as well. And he's he's done good as an executive. Just uh, I think amazing numbers. And I think one of and granted he's only won two Super Bowls as only. opposed to only only two Super Bowls, um, uh, but you know he he was right there. He got to another Super Bowl with the Patriots. Uh, he got to an AFC Championship game with the Jets. Uh, you know he he's he's done so many things with so many different teams in so many different ways that and he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, so uh, he uh, he definitely, as far as I'm concerned, deserved to be on this list. There you go. Should have never left the Giants and no. should have left then. Afterwards, with Belichick as his, you know, successor, but it got messy. Good documentary if you want to watch a good thirty for thirty. The uh, what is the what is it? Bill, the two bills. Bill ver, Bill versus Bill or, or the, two bills, bills, the, bills, but, the two bills. The two bills. Yeah. The two bills. The two bills. Yeah. No, it's a great documentary. I love that show. I watch it. That's great. Um, but yeah, it, it, well, he left. He said he wasn't going to leave, so Belichick left and took the job with oh, Cleveland, yeah. Well, yeah, and then he left. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it, yeah. I mean, the giant. He, he had some, you know. The reason why he left is because he felt a little disrespected by the Giants organization. I think they should have done more to kept keep him there, and they should have done more to make sure that Belichick was his predecessor. But hindsight's twenty twenty, you know. So, uh, you know, we wouldn't have Joe Judge if we had Bill Belichick. So. <laughs> this is true. Uh, yeah, and who would though? You know, and we wouldn't I mean, have had Adam Gase if 
it wasn't for you wouldn't would have had Bill Parcells, <laughs> right? If Bill, if Bill Belichick wanted anything to do with any New York team, then we wouldn't have had Adam Gase. Yeah, well, I, I think I, Belichick <laughs> would have would have happily stayed with the Giants if that was the case. But yeah. I don't think Belichick would have went anywhere. Uh, if if he knew that Parcells was leaving, he would have yeah. not taken the Cleveland Browns job. If he knew he was going to wind up with the Giants job, because you could you could see now as much success as as par, as Belichick has had, and and we I don't know we might be talking about this in a little bit, but as much success as uh, Belichick has had in New England, uh, the Giants is still uh, you know home for him, uh, or at least a home for him, one of the two, if you will. So yeah. um, well, there you go, number nine, Mister Bill Parcells. Uh, Mr. Radio P, why don't you bring us to number eight? Well, uh, number eight, uh, let's head all the way across the continental United States of America, out to San Francisco, and we'll talk about, I think his first name is actually William or Bill. It's Bill Walsh, of course, with the San Francisco 49ers, uh, 79 to 88, um, 92, 59, and one. Six division titles, three Super Bowl championships, uh, Hall of Fame 93 and on the NFL 100 all-time team. And, of course, the inventor of the West Coast offense, which took advantage of uh, having a quarterback who didn't have an arm like John Elway. And um, that was really, I think, mm, probably the biggest innovation in football uh, in a long time. Uh, certainly has been copied by many others and maybe improved upon by a few. But Bill Wallace was the guy. I mean, it was good enough to uh, to basically win four Super Bowls, although he was only the coach for three of them. And George Seifert did bear the fruit of the uh, sure of Bill well, Walsh. Uh, he also he was an executive too. But Bill Walsh didn't leave the 49ers. He just stopped coaching. He was an executive with them at the time. So, but. Well, right. top 10 executives, we might do that list next week. <laughs> we might do that, yeah. This is very true. We, punters we, we, and executives, that's punters, what we should have yeah. We'll make some five and five, punters and executives. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's anybody who's had, you know, and certainly in the, the quote-unquote modern era who's had more of an impact on football offensively oh, than Bill Walsh. No, I mean, what, what team isn't using some form or facet of a West Coast offense right now, you know? Uh, and that that's what the game has come to. <laughs> You know, it's not it's not your gritty smash mouth seven to three victories anymore. Um, you know, and if it is, people are turning the game off. You know, it's they, about they, viewership. They want to see 85, 27, uh, 85, 57 games, you know. Who's uh, they? Uh, <laughs> they, not me, but, you know. Yeah. I mean, he made, I think his biggest innovation was turning, you know, the second and third option, these little dump down passes into an art form. And uh, those were some good teams. He had some good talent on those teams, that's for sure. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Well, there you go. Number eight, Mr. Bill Walsh. Pete, why don't you also do number seven? Why don't you bring us into number seven? Oh, that's right. I'm going to do number seven. Hang on a second here. <laughs> you got it. Forgot. Pull it on up. I will. Uh... Roll the ticker so, we, so he knows what it is. <laughs> I know who it is. I just don't have. <laughs> it... I don't have his stats here. I, I had him on. I had him on one of. The, oh, here we go. Okay, there you go. Sorry, my bad. Uh, let's see. Uh, what number is this? Seven. Number seven. Number seven. Paul Brown, Cleveland Browns. There you go. Three NFL championships. And brown on Brown. Brown on Brown. Or uh, what is the AAFC? 
What can Brown do? American, all American football conference, all American football conference. Um, many people credit Paul Brown with inventing basically a playbook or the playbook. Um, I, I don't know what they did. Maybe they just scratched stuff in the dirt like you do with a pickup game before then. But uh, the, he was a football innovator. Um, a lot of things that still go on, uh, still measurements of modern football, things like the 40-yard dash and the face mask. Uh, an incredible coach and, as I said, an incredible innovator to the game. Um, and uh, it's it's as, as far as if you had a ranking for effect on the game overall, Paul Brown would be probably in your top three or four uh, with respect to his overall effect on the game. Oh, sure. Uh, and certainly uh, uh, belonging on – although uh, on, on, on our list, there are actually a couple of other lists that I was looking at that uh, he didn't really come up on, which surprised me. Um, but, uh, yeah. okay. Oh, here we go. I found my webpage had, now. Had a six, six, 66% winning rate. Percentage, yeah, and, uh, 213, 104, and nine in 25 years, 14 division titles, four AFC championships, three NFL championships, uh, the NFL yeah, seven, all 100, seven, seven championships, uh, 100 all time teams, yeah, uh, absolutely ridiculous. So, uh, again, the uh, the AFC from 46 to 49, and Cleveland from 50 to 62, and then again. Uh, in the league uh, from, with uh, Cincinnati from 68 to 75. Sure. And their stadium was named after him too, Cleveland. Uh, yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, ten it straight so- title appearances with uh, Cleveland, and uh, that yeah. is a record. Although, although uh, I guess three or four of those were with the All-American Football Conference, the AAFC. Right. But uh, still kind of the, you know, obviously the predecessor to the, the modern NFL. Sure. Uh, I think one of his biggest, you know, contributions is that he he played a big role in breaking, you know, the the the, the color, color barrier, barrier, the race barrier in football. Absolutely. And um, you know, th- that's obviously back then that was a that was a big thing, you know, to to be able to do. And he he's he, he you know he was around so long ago that his uh, Wikipedia picture is an illustration. <laughs> yeah. And and. <laughs> That's funny, and so is our next one. As a matter of fact, <laughs> but um, this is true. Yeah, there's not. I mean, there. Look at the picture I put up of him. You know, I mean, this is that. That's like the newest picture of him, and that picture is 80 <laughs> years old. You know? so, but uh, yeah, yeah, we ran that play in high school. I remember. Sorry, he inv- he's so old. He invented chalk. <laughs> he co-invented it with the next guy on the list. Yeah, the right. first the first playbook was a bunch of. Uh, Small chalkboards that were diagrams all with tied together hieroglyphics. Yeah. No, I think it wasn't. I think it wasn't the dirt. Everybody had a stick, and it's okay. You go in here, and you you take off over here. And they only played games that you know by the fire. <laughs> so, yeah. I think there's a there's a Bill Cosby bit about uh, playing football in the street, and like you're you're going to be the Coke bottle cap. I don't want to be the Coke bottle cap. You're the Coke bottle cap. So you go out, you go down. And make a left by the Buick. <laughs> and and I, Jimmy, you're the wide receiver. I want you to go down to the convenience store and go inside. <laughs> get me a Coke. Get me a get me an orange soda or something like that. <laughs> get me a great knee high. <laughs> and then of so. course he 
you know, drugged and raped a bunch of women, and none of it was funny anymore. But there you go. Yeah. Back in the day, it was funny. Back in the day, it was. So, oh, there you go. Number seven. I don't know how it got to there, but number seven. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm sorry. I have an obligation to mention that anytime. <laughs> okay. Number seven, Paul Brown. I'll take number six. Number six is none other than Mr. George Stanley Hallis Sr. George Hallis, folks, no, also known as Papa Bear and Mr. Everything. Uh, he co <laughs> he co-invented chalk with Paul Brown, uh, and uh, no, just kidding. He uh, yeah he he was uh, head coach of the uh, Decatur Staley Chicago Staley Chicago Bears same team folks um, from 1920 to 1929 again 1933 to 42 46 to 55 and 58 to 67 so with a couple years off here and there he was the head coach of the Bears for 47 years he was the Billy Martin of the Bears <laughs> unbelievable this man um yeah he he has eight NFL championships to his name uh 1921 32 33 40 41 43 46 and 63 uh so he he won uh, championships. Uh, the his first and his last championship were forty two years apart. So uh, quite an accomplishment. Uh, two time okay. uh, AP NFL Coach of the Year in sixty three and sixty five towards the end of his career, and that was probably because they did not uh, Associated Press did not do NFL Coaches of the Year back in the twenties. So uh, I'm sure he would have. The Associated Press didn't years. exist. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. Um, yeah, and NFL. 1920s All-Decade Team, Sporting News 1940s All-Decade Team as coach, uh, uh, which we'll call it, he, um, he uh, is on the uh, NFL 100th Anniversary All-Time Team his, uh, and uh, 100 Greatest Bears of All Time. Folks, he also played those uh, first 10 years he was uh, coaching the, uh, the Bears. He was playing while he was coaching, his player coach, 1920 to 1929. And he... Um, and he also, uh, his number seven with the Bears is retired. Um, yeah, pa uh, Papa Bear is, uh, you know, he, it, there was, he was there when the NFL was born. <laughs> and he, uh, he was uh, just, just an amazing, uh, just, just an amazing head coach. Anybody? <laughs> yes, Silence. he was great. George Hallis, number six. Number, number five, five, take us away. <laughs> there you go. Number six, <laughs> Papa Bear Hallis. Radio Pete, I know you've been waiting for this one. Give us number five. Number five, uh, the hat, Tom Landry. Um, Dallas Cowboys, 1960 to 1978, 13 division titles, five Super Bowl appearances, two championships, uh, Hall of Fame 1990, uh, 20 straight winning seasons. That is uh, a record that, um, well, I don't know if it's going to stand forever, but it's going to stand be around for a while. Uh, Listen, Landry took over an expansion franchise uh, right after the uh, 1960 draft. And uh, he came from, I believe, the Giants. Yes, he did. Uh, uh, where he uh, was an assistant with um, someone else who's on this list who we'll get to mm -hmm. in a second. I don't want to give away names. Uh, 11 and 1 in his first season, 1846 and 4 in his first five seasons. And then the Cowboys gave him a 10 year contract. <laughs> and uh, listen, he did so much winning there that uh, the Cowboys became, and a lot of this was PR, but they became known as America's team, and uh, their cheerleaders didn't uh, hurt any. Uh, but he was also something of an innovator uh, dealing with the shotgun, bringing um, shotgun formations with motion uh, to uh, offense, and the flex defense, 
Uh, and uh, on top of that, he also started uh, bringing in and uh, developing uh, track stars and uh, some players from smaller colleges who might have earlier been overlooked, as well as uh, soccer players to kick the ball. So um, he's, um, listen, he's known as uh, very stoic, uh, you know, always there he is with the hat and the suit and the tie. Sure. And uh, if you've ever seen um, North Dallas 40, uh, the the uh, coach there is, uh, is, I think that's the name of the movie, right? North Dallas 40, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sort of um, modeled after uh, Tom Landry saying, you know, no one of you players is as good as that computer. Uh, but again, he was an innovator and a great coach. And he turned the Cowboys, you know, basically took them from being a laughing stock to being a champion. Yeah. I mean, he was the only, he was the Cowboys up until, up until Jerry Jones bought the Cowboys and brought in uh, Jimmy Johnson and the rest is history. What they did after that, uh, Tom Landry was the only coach of the Cowboys ever. <laughs> he was the, he was there from the expansion in 1960 all the way to 88. Yeah. Um, and as you said before that, he was a defensive coordinator with the Giants and before uh, and his uh, first two years as defensive coordinator, he was also playing for the Giants. Um, from 50 to 55, he played for the Giants and yeah. uh, uh, then went into um, uh, coaching, obviously, with them. Yeah. And, and he also, I mean, at, at, the, at the time, the Cowboys, which uh, I, actually I just saw that were originally to be named the Dallas Steers. Yep. Which would have just been horrible. Uh, but they, they also had to compete with the Dallas Texans in the AFL, which were a much more well-known and more well-liked team. Sure. And uh, again, there were there were a lot of um, teams in uh, the AFL and or the NFL who didn't want expansion. Uh, so the, you know, it was it was really an uphill battle, as it is for any expansion team, of course. But really an uphill battle for the Cowboys. But Landry led them through all of that and led them to prominence. And the uh, the uh, uh, Dallas Texans uh, became what team? Uh, Houston. I don't know. Denver, Houston, close. You you were closer with Denver, same division. San Diego Chargers. Nope. Who cares? They're playing on Sunday. Green Bay. (laughs) 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 The Chiefs, folks. The Chiefs. Oh, okay. There you go. And of course, you know the Cowboys had my personal friend Prime. Yes, they did. Not with Landry. Not with Landry, but (laughs) no, no. Yeah, the players well, that played just you were, likes to get that in there whenever. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, the play the players that played for for Tom Landry and the players that played on the Cowboys over the years, especially in the seventies, uh, when that America's yeah. team came to prominence. And of course, as a Giant fan, I wasn't too happy about it. But yeah, the uh, the, the Cowboys Steelers rivalry. I mean, is I still think the best rivalry. Well, I mean, yeah. it's, 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 it's to me to me it's the same as the Lakers Celtics. Uh, it's just so many great players on those two teams. Sure, absolutely, Mr. Tom Landry, number five. There you go. I will. Uh, I will take number four. Number four is none other than Mr. Charles Henry Knoll. Chuck Knoll, folks. Chuck Knoll. He uh, was. Uh, it was a player with the uh, with the Browns um, back in uh, 1953 to 1959. So he was playing with uh, with Paul Brown uh, as a disciple of him, if you will. Um, he was uh, drafted in 1953, 20th, 20th round, uh, back when they did 20 rounds. Uh, but it was pick 239 overall. So I think they're still up to that many, but uh, many picks. But uh, the rounds are 
a lot shorter, but uh, he was a defensive line coach with the uh, with the Chargers for a couple of years, um, and then uh, and then moved up to defensive co- uh, defensive coordinator uh, for a few years, sixty two to sixty five. Went to the Baltimore Colts for uh, for three years and was actually on uh, was actually defensive coordinator for the Colts when uh, when they played the Jets in Super Bowl three, and uh, right after that he uh, was hired by the uh, Steelers as the head coach and he was uh, head coach from sixty nine to ninety one and uh, I'm not sure whether you uh, know or not but the Steelers are uh, have a very big habit of uh, of uh, keeping um, head coaches for a while so uh, they had. Uh, Chuck Noah from 69 to 91, uh, Bill Cower from 91 to, was it 06, I believe, and then uh, and Mike Tomlin since. So since 1969, the Steelers have only had three coaches. I think between the Giants and the Jets, there's been 40 head coaches since then. But, uh, uh, yeah, the Steelers uh, do that. But uh, Chuck Noah won four Super Bowls, as you all know, with, uh, with the Steelers. Uh, Super Bowl 9, 10, 13, and 14. Uh, three uh, three time NFL champion uh, as a uh, as a coach, um, uh, as a player rather uh, in uh, 1954, 50, and 55, and then 68 as a coach with uh, with the Colts and uh, uh, UPI AFC Coach of the Year in 72, uh, AFL champion in 63 when he uh, was uh, defensive uh, coordinator for the Chargers, uh, member of the uh, 100th anniversary all time team. Remember the 70s All-Decade team, remember the 80s All-Decade team, and he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, as well as the Pittsburgh uh, Football Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, he uh, he uh, almost ended up coaching the Patriots instead of the Steelers, oddly enough. Uh, that was uh, that was a close one uh, right before uh, in the uh, days leading up to Super Bowl three. The Steelers had narrowed down their uh, coaching search to, uh, to Noel and uh, – Penn State coach Joe Paterno, actually. And the Patriots were torn between Noel and Jets offensive coordinator Clive Rush. Uh, the Jets beat the Colts, and the Patriots chose Rush over Noel, and the Steelers told Noel, and the rest is history. So that's, uh, that was a pretty good choice for, uh, for the uh, Steelers, I would say. So, yeah. Well, and uh, Cowher's got how many Super Bowls? Cowher's got uh, one. Two. Cowher has two? No, it's only one. He only has, he has one. one. He's been to two. He has one. Yeah, and, and, Tomlin, and Tomlin, same thing. He's been one. to two. Has one. Uh, they both had. They both, both, uh, both. Uh, Cower and Tomlin have been to they two. They both suck compared to Noel. They, oh yeah, yeah. Right. They, no, they but won, I guess my one, one the point I was going to make is something to be said for um, yeah. coaching consistency. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's hard to win even one. I mean it's just unbelievable. I mean they've yeah, had some. You, good yeah. yeah, you're talking of going to eight and winning six of them yeah. with three guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you know that's that ain't. I, granted, it's uh, what a, a forty-something year span, but um, yeah, yeah, one for the thumb and eighty-one. Well, you're 80, right. Though. So now, so what you're saying is you know, the Steelers in general. They went to over the course of yeah, from seventy-four till seventy-four. So to almost fifty years. So forty-something years. Forty. Yeah. Uh, close, close to well, yeah, forty, uh, just shy of forty years, thirty-nine years. No, yeah. This is the part of the show, folks, where we do math. <laughs> Not very no, well. Almost, in, almost, in, almost forty years. Almost forty when, years. And, no, uh, when was it? No, almost fifty. When was their first uh, Super Bowl? 70, 74 to two thousand eleven. So right, thirty-seven 70, years. Four. Well, no, I'm saying to now. 
Oh, to now. Well, to now, yeah. So it'll be uh, almost 50 years next year. But, right. uh, no, 47 years. 47 years. Right. But in any event, so there was eight, eight Super Bowls and won six of them. Um, and there might be a guy on this list that has been to nine Super Bowls as a head coach and won, won six of them by himself, not three, in a much shorter span. But we'll Again, uh, <laughs> the point being coaching consistency. Coaching consistency. Well, you got to have a good guy, though. You got to have a good guy. You got to have a good guy. But uh, but you know what though three head coaches in three head coaches in fifty two years that's not bad yeah. <laughs> that's not bad at all so there you go number four Chuck Knoll um, why don't you uh, why don't you bring us to actually you know what I'll I'll do number three as well uh, number three is Mister uh, Donald Francis Shula Don Shula folks uh, he's uh, he's the man. <laughs> Uh, he was uh, he was a defensive back when he played football. He played again. He played for the Cleveland Browns too, and he played for the Baltimore Colts and the Washington Redskins. Redskins at the time, folks. Now the football team. Uh, as a coach, he uh, coached in uh, a couple colleges, Virginia and Kentucky. Then he was a defensive backs coach for the Lions for a year, and then the defensive coordinator for two years, sixty one, sixty two. Then he moved to head coach uh, for the Baltimore Colts, nineteen sixty three through nineteen sixty nine. He uh, won a he won a Super Bowl uh, with the went to two Super Bowls and won one of them with the uh, with the Colts. Which and, one did he lose? Hmm. Uh, which one did he lose? What did he lose, folks? Which one did he lose? I'm not sure. I think, um, there, I think there was a team that beat them in the Super Bowl that we what, might all know. What team was that? Uh, <laughs> what team was that, Pete? What? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that would be that would be Pete's Jets. Uh, they beat him uh, beat him in the uh, first Super Bowl he's in. But anyway, uh, then he oh, went on to Miami. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then he went on to Miami. Miami, 1970 through 1995. He was the head coach for 26 seasons. Uh, he won a couple of Super Bowls, and he still has uh, still holds the record uh, of um, uh, still holds the record of uh, perfect an undefe- season. An undefeated perfect season. Uh, that would be the 1972 uh, Miami Dolphins. And um, granted. Uh, the uh, I think the Patriots won more games in the season that they lost to the Giants, and they almost went a perfect season. But it wasn't a perfect season because he didn't win the Super Bowl, um, and Don Shula's team did. Uh, he's uh, uh, he was an NFL champion in '68 as well. He was a four-time AP Coach of the Year '64, '67, '8, and '72. Member of the 100th anniversary All-Decade Team, 1970s All-Decade Team. He's in the Miami Dolphins honor roll. And he's also a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, Don Shula. When you think of, uh, when you think of football, uh, you know one of the one of the greats you think of is is Mr. Don Shula, and you you can't not think of, uh, you you can't not think of him. He's uh, second. Um, I mean, he's third. If I'm, you know, I think of like you know, uh, Don Shula, Pat Schumer, Ray Perkins. <laughs> You put them all together, do you? Yes, Rex Ryan. <laughs> Rex Ryan. <laughs> you forgot. You forgot Ray Hanley. Ray Hanley. Ray Hanley. Yeah. Uh, and Adam Gase. Adam Gase guys. rounds out that list. Hey, look, Adam Gase starting out just like Tom Landry. Give the guy some time. Yeah, yeah. Give him, <laughs> give, give him another decade or two, and uh, maybe he'll even. You know, I mean, it, it, coaches are kind of like rock bands back in the day. They gave them time to uh, find their uh, find their ways. Nowadays, not so patient. No, not yeah, so that that era unfortunately is is over for for most teams in the NFL. 
So. You get a couple of years, and then that's it. So, and he went to uh, he he was in two Super Bowls too uh, in the eighties in eighty two and eighty four, and um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, um, the couldn't uh, get one for Mister Marina. Yeah, the uh, the uh, 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 Riggins uh, Riggins beat him in eighty two and uh, and Theismann and that, and then Montana took it took it away from uh, Marino in eighty four. But uh, yeah, horrible geez. shame those games. Yeah. I'm sure you felt that way. I felt well, really bad, really yeah, bad. Yeah. The Maybe the best uniforms of all time. Come on, let's let's call it what it is. The the Dolphins uniforms are great. Yeah, you got to admit, <laughs> you got to admit, you got to admit. I mean, they're they're fantastic. But he won on both sides of the ball too. He won with great. He he won with all uh, all time great offenses in '84, uh, and he won with all time great defenses in back in '68 with the Colts too. You know so. Just well, uh, he, he won a Super Bowl with Bob Greasy, so yeah, he can win with defense. This is true. This is true. And uh I think the uh running one of the running backs, uh well there was two running backs on the team, but uh uh Mr. Larry Zonka was uh on that team as well. So yeah. Zonka was actually a guy I liked. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Just couldn't win with the Giants. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Anyway, all right, number three. Don Shula. Yeah, that, that, that's what I really liked about Zonka was that fumble. You <laughs> liked that? Well, Zonka didn't fumble the ball. Pizarchik fumbled the ball. Okay. Zonka didn't even know he's getting the ball. All right. <laughs> let's, all... Not, let's not talk about the play. There you go. All right. Number three, Don Shula. Pete, take us to number two, please. Number two, who's pretty much number two. or In some cases, uh, some of my research put him a number one on – on a few lists too, and that's uh, the man himself, Vince Lombardi. Uh, the hat before the hat was the hat, um, or at least for the the early part of uh, the hat, uh, Tom sure. the Hat Landry's career. Uh, Green Bay fifty nine to sixty seven, and uh, Washington in nineteen sixty nine, uh, nine and one in the playoffs, uh, six division titles, three NFL championships, and a couple of Super Bowl championships. The first two, in fact. Uh, Pro Hall of Full, Football Hall of Fame in 1971, and on the uh, NFL All, <clears throat> excuse me, 100 team. Uh, three NFL championships and two Super Bowl titles with the Packers uh, during his time there. Um, what can you say? I mean, the guy, he's, he's, you speak his name with reverence. Uh, he is the biggest. Yeah, yeah. 738 regular winning season, uh, regular season winning percentage. Sure. Uh, nine and one in the postseason and uh, beat some impressive teams, uh, Jim Brown and the uh, Cleveland Browns, and uh, beat uh, Landry's Cowboys twice. Mm-hmm. And uh, back when the probably the last, well, I guess you could say the Chiefs were pretty good in the Christian Okoye era, as I call it, but. Uh, in Super Bowl one against a very talented Chiefs team coached by a guy who's probably just off this list in Hank Stram. Um, look, they named the trophy after the guy. And yeah. unfortunately, you know, he probably would have coached uh, for a number of uh, 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 more years. Uh, but, of course, he died in 1970 of uh, colon cancer. So, uh, But, yeah, they named the trophy after him. That's kind of the impact that he had on the NFL. Um Anybody who's anybody uh, who wants to coach in the NFL would um, it would be a crime not to study the life and times of Vince Lombardi. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you know, he, he I, I read one thing. I'll read it really quick. Uh, one of uh, one of these uh, 
blog post this, to simplify NFL, NFL coaching history into bullet points, George Hallis invented it, Paul Brown professionalized it, Bill Walsh refined it, Bill Belichick re-engineered it for the information age, and as for Vince Lombardi, he gave coaching an ethos, so, if you will. Whole, yeah. books, whole books, documentaries, and award-winning plays have been written about Vince Lombardi. So uh, Yeah, he, he sort of made the the coach into a character or somebody who was not a character as in a clown, but somebody who was as, as well known as the team, Sure, you know, um, coaches were not necessarily the embodiment of the team. Um, and Lombardi was such a, so good and such an innovator and such a personality that he was able to, to do that. And I also believe he was the first coach to draft African-American players in the first round of the NFL draft. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we talk about somebody who was breaking racial barriers as well. Sure. Uh, Vince Lombardi. And he also came from the Giants as well. He and and uh, Tom Landry were on the same uh, coaching staff. Uh, Tom Landry was the defensive coordinator, and Tom and uh, Vince Lombardi was the offensive coordinator under Jim Lee Howell back in the 50s. They won the 1956 NFL championship together. And, and, and uh, you know you're somebody if they name a rest stop off the turnpike sure. at oh, the end, Jersey. Yeah. That, was always, that was always my favorite one to go to. Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> For many reasons. So yeah. much better than the <laughs> Nightingale rest stuff. Yeah, right. go the holes were bigger in the stalls. Uh, look, Vince Lombardi, this is my favorite quote, and it, I still think this is true today. I don't care what anybody says. Football is two things. It's blocking and tackling. I don't care about formations or new offenses or tricks on defense. You block and tackle better than the team you're playing, you win. It's that simple, and it mm -hmm. still holds today. I mean, Vince Lombardi was uh, maybe the the best X's and O's guys, and and certainly a lot of what he did back then is still relevant today. Yeah. But I mean, uh, that, that's the uh, I mean that that's the expanded version and well put too of saying that football is one of the trenches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, right. You, the lines the lines on both offense and defense are the foundation, right? If you yeah. if you don't block well, you can't run. If you don't block well, you can't protect your quarterback. And then, uh, and it's the reason why he said the best player he's ever coached was, was Forrest Craig. So, you know, it's, uh, it's true. I mean, blocking and tackling doesn't only happen at the line of scrimmage, but most of it does. Sure. And uh, it's true. The team that blocks and tackles the best wins. Yes. Very true. I wonder what Vince Lombardi would think of the lack of tackling in today's NFL. I think he'd have a lot to say. I think he'd be worthwhile listening to. I think there'd be a few choice words in there. And I think, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think Roger, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I wish the ghost of Vince Lombardi could come back and have a sit down with Roger Goodell. Have a sit down with Roger Goodell. Yeah. yeah. It'd be, it'd be fucking wonderful to see. <laughs> Wouldn't that All be All right. Nice? There you go. Number two, Vince Lombardi. Number two, Vince Lombardi. I will take number one. Number one is none other. Then Mr. William Stephen Belichick. Bill Belichick, if you will, folks, he's our number one. Uh, I believe I believe our top three were, were in lockstep on the top three. Uh, so uh, number one, uh, although Pete might have written Bill's name differently. Um, <laughs> you mean Cheater <laughs> Bill? So, so uh, number, uh, number one is Bill Belichick. Folks, uh, he was uh, always coach. Uh, he coached uh, the uh, – He's a special assistant with the uh, Baltimore Colts in 75. 
He uh, was an assistant special teams coach with the Lions in 76, receivers coach with the Lions in 77, assistant special teams coach and defensive assistant with the Broncos in 78, and then he moved home, well, to his home uh, in New York. Uh, special teams coach and, and defensive assistant in 79, uh, defensive assistant with Bill Parcells, linebackers coach and special teams coach, uh, 80 to 84 with the Giants, and an 85 to 90 defensive coordinator. Uh, won two Super Bowls with the Giants. And then he left uh, the Giants uh, because uh, he got the opportunity to be head coach, not knowing uh, a couple months later that uh, Bill Parcells would leave <laughs> the Giants. And uh, he could have had that title as well. But went to Cleveland for, uh, for uh, five seasons, 91 and 95. Won a uh, uh, division, I think, was the last time uh, Cleveland won the division. Um, I believe uh, definitely made the playoffs. Actually, no, they didn't win the division. They made the playoffs. They haven't won the division since uh, since '87, I believe. But uh, then he went to uh, New England for a year with uh, with Bill uh, Parcells and uh, hooked back up with him, and then went to the Super Bowl that year with uh, the Patriots. Then went to the Jets with uh, Bill Parcells um, from '97 to '99. Then I think he was head coach for what an hour, Pete, for the uh, for the Jets. Uh, uh, he like quickly that. resigned uh, <coughs> via. I think he left a note on the pillow. He's like, uh, "Oh, wait, 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 wait! This is the Jets." Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he was resigning as the HC of the NYJ. Wasn't, wasn't paying attention. <laughs> no HC equals NYJ, right, or something yeah. like that. But but he yeah, was the Bill, assist- Bill Belichick does not equal HC of NYJ. Well, he was the assistant head coach and defensive coordinator for three years and went to the AFC Championship the year before. And uh, in 99 anyway. And then uh, since 2000, so for the last uh, 20, uh, 21 seasons, <laughs> he's been head coach of the New England Patriots. And the rest is history. Six-time Super Bowl champion with the Patriots. Two-time Super Bowl champion as a defensive coordinator with the Giants. Uh, he's been to uh, 12 Super Bowls between the Giants, the Patriots, uh, between the Giants and the Patriots. Uh, three-time AP NFL Coach of the Year, 03, 07, 2010. Uh, first team NFL 2000s All-Decade Team, 2010s All-Decade Team, 100th Anniversary uh, All-Time Team. Uh, he has the most Super Bowl wins um, as a coach, uh, six. Most Super Bowl appearances as a head coach, nine. Most NFL championships, uh, he's tied, uh, which would be six as a head coach. And most playoff wins as a head coach, 31. Uh, and again, I said two-time uh, Super Bowl champion with the uh, – uh, New York Giants as a defensive coordinator. Um, his regular season record as a head coach, uh, 279 and 136. He has a 672 uh, uh, winning percentage. His postseason uh, record is 31 and 12. His career uh, all, all together, all told, is uh, 310 and 147. So uh, great numbers. Uh, you know, just... Uh, he's okay. Yeah. He's He's had a pretty good... He's had a mediocre career, you know. Let's, let's be honest, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, you know, run of the mill. He, he won seven games this year with, quite honestly, I think less talent than Clemson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would, I mean, you would yeah, but it wasn't a really a very good division. No, it was better than the NFC East. <laughs> Not by much, though. Well, he's playing. He had a team in his division. Is in the AFC Championship game. Yeah. Yeah. And it re- so and that, was, that, that was one good team. Well, there's although the Dolphins were the Dolphins were pretty good, and the Patriots were mediocre, and the Jets stunk. So you know, uh, yeah, he uh, look, he's he's Bill Belichick. 
I uh, he'll get no credit from me. I know, but I just, I just. But you did vote him number one, so you knew. Yeah, you knew. I, you, I can't look. I can't deny. There you go. You know, and I'm there's... almost over my bitterness at him not being our coach for the okay. last 20 years. Although, look, it might, it probably wouldn't have. We we don't have a Robert Kraft as our as our owner, so uh, probably this wouldn't have worked out exactly the same way. Oh uh, yeah, well, Robert Kraft support, supporting NFL coaches and massage parlors throughout the. Well, you know, <laughs> since 1997, yes. Um, but yeah, no, hey, you know what? He's he's the only coach. He's number one on our list, and he's the only coach that's still coaching. So, and the yeah, best press conference is tied for me with uh, <laughs> with Greg Popovich. I mean, without a doubt, like I, if you, I'd rather watch a Bill Belichick press conference over like an Academy Award winning movie any day. I want to see, I want to see a press conference with uh, Bill Belichick asking Greg Popovich questions. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Pop will talk. That's that's the difference. <laughs> Belichick's just you know. Yeah, that's you can't you can't you can't deny he's the best. Yeah, you cannot. Yeah. There you go. It's just uh, really really fun. Really, really, really fun times we uh, we we got to uh, observe, and 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 you know you feel the way you do. I know uh, I know Pete, but you, you obviously a lot of that comes from uh, the fact of what team you root for. So yeah, you know. of course, so. of course. Well, there you go. Number one, Bill Belichick, and that Number. is our that is our top ten list for this week. Um, should we move on to old balls? Let's move on as well. Balls. I mean, that only took like 50 minutes. Not not that much. Not that bad. Not too shabby. <laughs> well, let's move on to old uh, balls. No one does old that. Balls. There you go. Old balls will not take 50 minutes. Old balls will take three minutes. There you go. This week in light that's of the coaches. Do. That's right. <laughs> well, depends on what you're talking about. Yes. This week's I old balls will have me up in the middle of the night. <laughs> a pair of old balls, and to me, a pair of old balls. To, to me, these guys, you know, one of them was on my list. The other one, I, I think, gets forgotten a little bit because of somebody else. So, number the the first ball on our old balls is none other than Curly Lambeau. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Lambeau Field is named after Curly Lambeau. He was he played for the Green Bay Packers from 1919 to 1929. He was a player coach from the of those years because he was a coach of the Packers from 1919 to 1949. He won six NFL championships and uh, had a 226 and 132 record. Uh, over 600 winning percentage, and he won 229 games as a as a coach. Um, look, his name number one. His name was Curly. He he was he was. There would be no Green Bay Packers without Curly Lambeau. No, you know he, he was. I just I love these these guys who were player coaches. It's just it just reminds me of Paul Newman and Slapshot. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. He coached. He, he played for eleven of the, the first yeah, eleven seasons. Yeah. He was that coach. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, I don't, there would be no obviously no Green Bay Packers without him. And um, he look, he pioneered things such as daily practices. He's he was around so long ago that he pioneered the forward pass, implementing pass patterns and having teams fly to road games. So, uh, look, Curly Lambeau. Point out the fact that he was 21 years old 
when he became the uh, head coach <laughs> of the Green Bay Packers, too. Yeah, unbelievable. You know, back, of course, back then, 21 was like, you know, the equivalent today of being, you know, 56. As far as, yeah, he already, he was already in four wars, <laughs> decided to take it easy and become a player coach for the Packers. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, and I think he likes the logger room. Take a look at the, uh, the picture. He's pointing right at our logo. He is. He wants a foot full of beer. He wants the like, beer. Get me a foot of beer. That's right. Yeah. He, I mean, Curly Lambeau, uh, an innovator and just, an old ball, if there ever was one. Absolutely. And the other old ball that's going to round out our coaching selections this year is none other than Mr. John Madden. Yes, John Madden, who generations of people either know him as for his football game that's on, you know, his his uh, his his uh, all, all different all, gaming all, yeah gaming <laughs> systems, and uh, or as a as a TV commentator commentator or. As that guy in who coached the Los Angeles, uh, the Oakland Raiders at the time, to uh, to a Super Bowl, and he he's he was a guy who was a character beyond characters as a, as a player. Uh, I mean, as a as a coach, and then as a personality, both first as a you know doing commercials for Miller Lite or Fast Actin, Tenactin. Uh, and he was, and I'll tell you what, I would argue that John Madden was one of a handful of people who did more to make football popular as an announcer than virtually almost anybody else. Sure. He, he, you know, some people said he, well, he was ridiculous and he, and it was, it was ill-informed and it was pure entertainment and, and kind of, you know, he was absent-minded or, Whatever the you know the the sort of bumbling but lovable personality. Let me let me just make one thing clear. John Madden knew football, and John Madden explained football in a way that anyone could understand. And he pointed out things that no one else paid attention to before, such as blocking and tackling. And he loved the underdog, and he was he. I I think he's. I think I think he was a treasure as an announcer and the combination of him and Pat Summerall, you can never have a better wild man and straight guy combination. Oh, those two uh, are perfect. It, it, <laughs> they, they were unbelievable. And then he started the all Madden team, which didn't necessarily mean you had to be a great player. You had to be a good player with maybe being overlooked a little bit by the rest of the press. And um, he is a 16 time Emmy winner. You know, and uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2006. And um, he is legendary in Oakland uh, and legendary to Raiders fans. I, I think when, when, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I think of Al Davis when I think of the Raiders. I think of John Madden. Yeah. And um, I loved him as a coach. I loved him as an announcer. And uh, he's just one of those guys who. I wish Chris Farley did, hadn't passed away because I would love to see Chris Farley play John Madden in, in the Madden story. That would have been great. <laughs> that would have been awesome. But um, what's his name doesn't does do an incredible impersonation. Uh, yeah, Madden, he's that he's that guy that sounds like Frank Caliendo. Exactly, that's what I meant. Frank Caliendo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think legendary is the right word for John Madden, and 
not not just inside of Oakland. He he was a reason to tune into games when he was announcing them. Oh yeah, uh, you know, and, and and the NFL did grow in those years, and I really do think that you know he he was a big reason for that. Look, back then there was two networks broadcasting games, so the game of the week, one of the two games of the week, was always John Madden. You you yeah. felt honored if your game, your team was game of the week and John Madden and Pat Summerall. And he was always on Thanksgiving Day, you know, oh, handing out turkey legs. Oh, the, the six-leg six turkey? That was great. Yeah. All I mean, he really, really was just himself, and that was – He was. You know, and he, they had the uh, telestrator, I think it was, where he would yeah. draw on the screen. And so he bam, was – Look at him here. This guy. This guy right. picks up his pants. He knew, he knew footballs. He knew right. football. He knew. He understood it. He used that the telestrator to to illustrate right. those things. But he would also use it to point out the dirt on a guy's socks. Right. You know, and he yeah. loved that. He brought like a gritty. Right. He did. Like, like oh, this guy's a he's real got a little, He's bleeding over here. He's got a little he's dirt over player. here. He's you gonna have to clean little, that up later. He's got the think, blood on his face. He's got yeah, the dirt he, on he, his socks. He brought he brought attention to players who normally don't get attention, except by a coach. So I mean, it wasn't right. the running back and the wide receiver or the or the the you know the the Ronnie Lots of the world. He brought attention to Jack, you know, going on about Jackie Slater or some offensive lineman or defensive lineman that would never get a mention, right. let alone five minutes of dedication to to right. just how good he was. Now he brought you in by saying, "Look at this guy," you know, his shirt's untucked, his helmet, he's got blood on his his sock or. Whatever the case may be, but he he brought a humanity to the game that I I still think is is isn't as good even today. And 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 obviously there's some really great announcers in football, but there's nobody with a personality like John Madden. No. And um, I I think I think he broke the mold both as a coach uh, and as a as a as a broadcaster. And I think he was. I mean, I, he was on my list at the very bottom, but uh, he as a coach. But he was—he certainly—I uh, don't think there's ever been a, a greater announcer in football history. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He's been—he's been amazing. He was in a couple of movies too. He was in one of the movies that we had on our uh, yeah on our uh, top ten movies last week. Our fifteen top ten. And movies. he never flew. He traveled by train. Yeah. Always, yeah. Um, and he's bus, a, and the Madden he's bus. A, he's a uh, warlock. Bus, yeah. yeah. But he's a warlock because the Madden curse. That's right. Yeah. It has to come from him. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. He was uh he was an interesting guy for sure and uh I I he's he's missed. I miss him dramatically. Yeah. yeah. So there he goes. Those are our old balls for this week. Curly Lambo and John Madden. <laughs> Couldn't get a better pair of balls if you have Those are those are two old balls. Two of the old. best old balls ever. Absolutely. They they, they both have little Visors and clipboards. <laughs> the balls. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So, all right. Test the coaches. <laughs> Test the coaches. Oh, you got to love that. All right. Well, speaking of speaking of balls, <laughs> what's right above it? Let's move on to uh, some uh, hot stove. little hot stove. Um, and last week, the Mets had a good week. And this week, the Mets had a bad week. <laughs> right. uh, speaking of balls, let's talk about that other Jared. Um, yeah, what, 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 what? Um. <laughs> I'll tell you, he obviously, was, he obviously wasn't texting with George Springer. 
Not, not so much. Well, maybe uh, he was. So I don't know. Or maybe he was. Maybe that's the reason. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why he didn't come. Sure. No pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> oh, or, or. Yeah. But, uh, His texts were so good, he went to Canada. He, went to, uh, he had to go to Canada. Canada became closer to Connecticut than Queens did. So, uh, yeah, you know what? I, I got I to ask. Are the, and, and I know this is two different regimes. I know we're talking about, uh, you know, the Wilpons and Brody Van Wagen in last year and Steve Cohen and, and Sandy Alderson this year. But why is due diligence not getting done? All right. You're going to tell me that ESPN knew about these texts and this issue three, four years ago. And the Cubs knew about it back then and everything else. But the Mets never found out in all their investigation. On well, the, 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 the Mets consultant was Brett Favre. <laughs> I, I would I would ask the question or, or may say maybe due diligence was done. And to me, this is worrisome because it could be, in fact, more indicative that there is, as we were just saying before, the old boys network still alive and well. Right. Maybe this was known and it was thought, well, it it's been kept the quiet five years ago. It's been and... kept quiet for four to five years now. And, uh, you know, he's not obviously not going to do it again. He's learned his lesson. I don't know. I, I I find it really, really hard to believe that n- there was nothing known about this, that the, the Mets didn't have some kind of inkling, that there wasn't some rumor that they could have followed up on and found right. out about this. And if that is really the case, then I think, you know, you have to – I can't hold ESPN at fault, but I can hold the Cubs at fault for not saying something about that. I know they're trying to protect the reporter – Sure. Uh, but you, you've, you've got to, you've got to say something. I think you've got to say something to another team about that uh, to give them a heads up. Um, I, I just, again, I find it really hard to believe the Mets didn't know anything about it, and it's worrisome to me because maybe you know this this thought that okay, well, it happened, it's over, he'll never do it again, and we're not going to hold it against him. Instead of, boy, because I mean, it was so heinous. It wasn't a couple of texts; it was sixty freaking texts. And whether they were pictures of his nether regions or some stock foot, I don't know where you find. He, yeah. <laughs> where was he going to find that? He had a stunt cock. Shuttercock, <laughs> I think, is the website where you find stock photos. Shutterstock, Pete. Shutterstock. No, that's where you find pictures of families and trees. Shuttercock <laughs> okay. is where you find dick pics that you okay. want to send. But I mean, you know, just to me, that just kind of says this guy, obviously, just there's there's a power trip kind of privilege to him to think that this would be okay and to go 60 texts and have to finally be told by the reporter, Hey, knock it off before, mm-hmm. you know, you then stop. I mean, that's, that's well, something she, wrong with she that. She said, knock mentality. it off. She said, knock it off. And then after she said, knock it off, he sent that final picture. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's something wrong with that mentality to think that yeah. that is you know, a number one. Okay. At all. Right. But number two, to continue dozens, literally dozens of times with texts and with pictures and whatever. Um, uh, to me, this is this is indicative that the old boys network is still oh. out there. And I don't think the Mets should get any credit for doing the right thing other than the basic credit of doing the right thing. They don't deserve to be praised for no. firing him. And they could have fired him several hours looking... earlier, quite honestly. Yeah. And, and I don't think they're looking for praise. I'm not giving. I'm not giving them any props for it. But I don't think they're looking no, for I'm praise. Just, they just there's, they there's, knew they had to do what they had to do, and that was yeah. The, there's, it was there's, like there's, eight eight hours later, it was done. Right. There's know? some some other pundits that I'm listening to that are you know 
not praising them, but oh yeah, they did the right thing and blah blah blah. Eh. Yeah, well, there's no there's no other option than doing the right thing. I know. You know, you 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 shouldn't get a pat on the back for doing what you're supposed to do. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. I don't get it. But hey, you know what? They're uh, they have they have a deep front office now. The people they hired, uh, the one guy I forget his name. His name escapes me. That they hired as the assistant GM. He can step up there. Obviously, Sandy Alderson has. Uh, uh, has uh, plenty to say about things, so I don't think they have to rush to fill the void right now. But soon would be a good idea. But uh, you know they'll probably have to bounce back to their you know whoever came as the runner-up uh, to uh, to that. Um, but I'm, it's a little reminiscent of kind of the you know ham-handedness that the Mets have handled things in the past. Uh, right. You know Alderson like that. What does it matter what the woman's nationality is? You know, there's no reason to even bring that into the conversation. I think we can all agree that Jared Porter is a dick. Yeah, yeah. I got that. Didn't get the reaction I thought it would. <laughs> well, Harry's doing research on Shuttercock right now. <laughs> oh no, I have my stock footage. Are you, yeah, there, you're, there's, you're all there's, set. There's, there's there's only a few rules I have in life, and one is to never send a picture of your junk to anyone. <laughs> Period. Yeah. Not, not even your urologist. No. No. I will not no. video conference with that guy. <laughs> yeah, it's just. It's it's just ridiculous, you know. What I mean, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And but I, I also think it's easily recoverable. From it, it, okay, it happened. You fucked up for the Mets. Yeah, not we'll for move him. on. Yeah, for the Mets, not for him. For the Mets, not for him. He's done. So yeah, and it, uh, I saw some tweet or something. Uh, maybe it was on Facebook, and they're like, "Well, you know, why should he have his life ruined?" I'm like what? Like you know, how does how does he recover and, and redeem himself? I'm like, I I don't know. Well, I think he's gonna <laughs> don't don't send sixty texts and dick pics to. I think he's gonna look to become a social worker now. So. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, if if he's thrown out of baseball for life, that's fine with me. That's... He's uh, he just signed a deal to be Louis C.K.'s manager. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Which gonna be his... No, no, no. Hold on. In defense of Louis C.K. That the you know Louis C.K. asked permission before he go. did any of yeah. this, and he did yeah. use his own dick, and he did uh, use his own. He didn't dick. use stock. Which, there was no there yeah. was no stunt cock involved. <laughs> yeah, which you know I mean there is a big stunt cock industry. Out it there. is there. They 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 do have a good uh, base of uh, of uh, people they can turn to for that. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, I you know I do. Let me ask a question though. This this whole this whole debacle and mess with, with Jared Porter, um, I can't help but wonder. George Springer and this whole George Springer ordeal was going on and on and on and on and on. And the day after this Porter news breaks, Springer signs with the Blue Jays. Can't help but wonder that it had anything to do with it. I, I think Port. I think Springer was going to the Blue Jays. I think he had his mind made up. I I just think, and I, I'll tell you what I think kept Springer. From signing with the Mets was the Mets signing Lindor. Yeah, because they because he figured. But you know what though? They but here's the thing: they would have had to pay him now, right? And they would have had to pay Lindor and and Conforto later. So Springer would have been locked into his money. Yeah, I think the Mets knew that Springer's first choice were the Blue Jays, and that's why they went ahead with the moves that they went ahead with. Well, if you think about it too, I mean, they were uh, they weren't going to get Lindor. They weren't going to make the trade. They weren't going to do this. They were going to have either Rosario or Jimenez or both of them at 
at shortstop, and they were going to get Springer for a center field, and that was going to give them good defense in center field and, uh, and another huge bat for the lineup. Well, now they got another huge bat in Lindor. So do they need – I mean, yes, it would have been awesome. They would have catapulted right to the top of, uh, you know, uh, possible, uh, you know, uh, National League champs uh, with Springer in center field. But do they need Springer in center field? Or would an average bat with an amazing glove suffice in center field? I think the real question is should they, have, lot should, should they have really focused on getting Springer in lieu of Lindor or some of these other secondary add-ons? And I think the answer is yes. I think I think they, I, but I I think the reality is is that Springer did not want to go to the Mets. And look, long term, I think Springer made a smart move by going to an American League team, even though the DH will inevitably, um, you know, be in play. Is that he's he's more familiar with it, right? And I, I think I think he wa- I think he was basically wanted to go to a team where he could a cash in. And be where expectations were not going to be placed on him like they would be in New York. I mean, he's coming from Houston, which is not a small market, right. but it's not New York. No. And um, he got paid, and he went where he wanted to go. And um, we'll see. I mean, the Blue Jays, Blue Jays have a pretty decent team. Sure. And uh, American it's, League it's, East this year is going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, also if you if you consider the Mets. If they don't get Trevor Bauer and Lindor does not stick around after this year, then Springer would kind of be there by himself and they would have, you know. Right. I mean, still, they'd still have a pretty good pitching staff, but sure. they, yeah. they would still have. You I know, mean, they, you have, they, they have not even have Ahmed Rosario at shortstop. And, I mean, yeah, the Mets have had the best offseason signings they've had maybe ever, still, I think, without getting Springer. And I think everybody thought. Okay, if they could land Springer too, this is just a an incredible year of of adding to their roster. But I I don't think it was ever really in the cards. I think he was going. Yeah, I think I, he was leaning yeah. that way. Because I think he was. I really want to go to the Mets. Why not just sign with him? You had you had the opportunity there. Yeah, just yeah. do it. Just do it. Um, I think it was. I think it was too rich for them. And not not that and, and not that any amount really at this point. I mean, let's be realistic. Is too rich for the Mets, but. You know, if they do want to stay under that luxury tax level, oh, was it two hundred and ten million? Um, yeah. If they sign Springer, if they're going to make a move to try and uh, to extend Lindor and to extend Conforto, they weren't going to have enough money. No, you know, they would right. they would definitely be. I mean, was, they they could do of, it, but they would be over the. That's the, why the I'm tax. saying that the Mets are, are committed to Lindor, and I think Lindor will most likely resign with the Mets. I think that's what the Mets and Lindor discussed, sure. even though it, you can't yeah. say they did. But I think that was it. I think Lindor was was down for being with the Mets, and the Mets said, "Okay, Springer's not making up his mind. We're going to go with Lindor." And I, and I don't think it's a bad. I mean, it, obviously, they're two of the top five players in baseball. I think. Sure. So, um, yeah, and, and we talked about Lindor and Bauer and Springer would put the Mets over, and and you know, they I, I said, well, you know, they could have all three for this season, but then. You might not be able to keep all three, and Lindor would be the odd man out because you'd have Bauer and Springer already signed to long-term contracts. Sure. So maybe um, you know this kind of opens things up for them to go after Bauer now a little bit. He should he should be signed by now. I mean, certainly he's shown a uh, desire to come to the Mets. Sure, um, but uh, uh, if can't have all three. 
And, and, and I agree with you, Harry. I don't think uh, Springer was ever particularly high on the Mets. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, you know, he would have signed well, if he the, was, I think. There is there is talk right now, uh, and uh, in the last couple of days, anyway, I've heard the uh, the Dodgers now have popped up as a threat to sign Trevor Bauer instead of the Mets. Um, yeah. I think the Dodgers were were a threat for all of these signings. They were in the sure. they were they were in the, the Lemayhew discussions. They were talked to be in the Springer discussions. I mean, you would think you would think they're going to land somebody. It's L.A. Right. And they they obviously have the room with uh, what's his name probably not resigning with them uh, Turner so yeah. uh, you know yeah why the Yankees aren't in, aren't in discussions for Bauer that's my real question that's your real question well let's talk well, about let's that talk about let's the talk Yankees about let's talk about that well DJ Mayhu I mean he finally signed I mean good for the Yankees but why why did it take so long I just think it was timing with the rest of baseball I think I think all the teams were taking their time to see where everybody wanted to show their cards first. And um, I think a lot of the talk about LeMahieu, not, I mean, at the end of the day, he is not going to give a shit. Uh, <laughs> right. the, Yan- the Yankees stepped up and signed him. And, and I'll be honest, LeMahieu showed his true colors because he he took a little less money. The Yankees got, I think the Yankees got a, a steal with LeMahieu. LeMahieu also, I think he wants to end his career as a Yankee. Sure. Well, he got, I, he got the years. He got the little less money now. He got the, he got million the, a year. He got the years. Yeah. And, and, and. Look, I, I hope uh, I'm probably more familiar with DJ LeMay here than a lot of other people because I watched him for years here with the Rockies, knowing that I just thought he was one of the best hitters, if not the best hitter in baseball for the last. And then we're talking about a team that had a lot of good hitters on it. Um, when he had one down year and the Yankees were able to sign him after the Rockies let him go. It was a great it was a great signing and he's proven win, yeah. he's proven to be everything and that under and playing in the spotlight in New York. Which let's face it, a lot of the Yankees' recent free agent signings over the years have not lived up most of them have not lived up to, to what it is that um you know the Yankees are expecting out of them. And uh what about the other free agent signing from last week? How do you think that's gonna go? I don't know. Nobody knows. But if it works out, it's it's a it's a genius move, right? Uh, we just don't know how he's going to respond. I, I would I would imagine that the Yankees have maybe did a little bit more research on the state of Corey Kluber's physical being than maybe the Mets did on 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 Jared. <laughs> you would you would hope. <laughs> so, I I I mean, look, it, it's going back a few years, but Corey. Clipper could have very well been the best pitcher in baseball for three or four years in a row. If he can be a number two starter or a number three starter for the Yankees for what they're paying him and the risk they're taking, then I think it's a good move. I think having said that, the Yankees need another big arm. They need to make a move to sign another top pitcher or else they have no shot this year. Right. Um, and they and speaking of signing another top pitcher, they had the opportunity to sign Luis Castillo, but apparently the Reds wanted way too much. And is, they wanted Glaber Torres. Is Glaber Torres untouchable? Well, how old is Castillo? You know, uh, he's mm. he's a young arm. What is he? Twenty four years old. He's not old. No. Yeah. No. Um, Torres uh, Glaber Torres could wind up being, you know, the best Yankee to come out of that this recent crop of uh you know 
farm, you know, homegrown talent, let's call it. Sure. Uh, I think Torres should be playing second base. I don't think he's a natural shortstop and I don't no. think he's a great, I don't think he's a great um, defensive player. And he's proven to be mediocre in crunch time at the, at the plate, but the Yankees, I, I think as much as the Yankees have committed to other players from that recent crop of young talent, I think, I think the Yankees are actually higher on Torres than all of them, including Aaron judge. Yeah, we believe so at this point. I think he's untouchable. Yeah. Um, and Castillo, he had a good year last year, but he, you know, I, how many pitchers in major league baseball with the exception of, the top three or four that we know of have really had four or five really great years strung together right now. Yeah. Well, it doesn't, doesn't seem to happen anymore. No. And so the, the, a major league pitcher is kind of like an NFL running back. You have a four year window where they're going to be at their peak. And I think the Yankees realize that giving up Torres would be too much for that. And I, I part of me wants to say, go all in right now, but Part of me realizes that, yeah, that that's probably the smart move. It's probably the smart move. Well, you talk about another arm, though. I mean, they they uh, were you were you glad they didn't resign Hap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he's a borderline fifth starter. I mean, he I just signed with the Twins today. Or yeah, I know. Today, too, yeah. I, the, the I was high on Hap. I, I thought he was going to be a good, but he just he's mediocre, you know, and. Uh, and and he's he's sort of getting a little long in the tooth for as far as starting pitchers in today's and and uh, major league baseball. I I just want the Yankees to get another. I want the Yankees to have a one-two punch that is unbeatable in the postseason. And I think they're halfway there with Cole. I uh, just yeah yeah. I'll feel the same way about the Mets too. And, yeah, well, because uh, the Mets are happening, and that's why I've said I've always said you know. If the Mets were offering up their top pitcher for Glaber Torres, I would say go for it. Well, let me ask you a question: Would you want to trade Garrett Cole for uh, for um, uh, Jeff McNeil or Pete Alonso? No. Then why would the Mets want to trade Jacob right. Degrom for Glaber Torres? Well, uh, I think there's a big difference in what you're comparison. I well, think, I mean, yes, I think no. Glaber, Glaber Torres could 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 be you know, but the Mets don't need him now because. The, but I mean, if you if you think about the Mets with Torres and Lindor up the middle, mm-hmm. Jeff McNeil's not a slouch. Mean, like, not, yeah, but you don't think Torres? I mean, oh, Torres is better. Sure, he's, Torres, Torres, not, he's not a super defensive player, and he's not so good at the crunch time at the plate. So, well, he has. I don't know how he that has, he hasn't proven it yet. But I, I tell you what, he'd be a big addition to the Mets lineup. Sure, sure. But I mean, McNeil's and, no slouch. And, McNeil. No. Neil is what one step away from a batting title right. last year, no. and and his his defense is is yeah. pretty spot on. Yeah. So he's, yeah. I mean, he's well, a squirrel, my, right? My, <laughs> my point my point with Torres defensively is that I think his defense would be markedly better at second base. At second base, okay. I don't oh, think yeah, he's, no, no, no. I don't think you're, he's you're, a bad defense defensive shortstop. But the Yankees have been a little spoiled yeah. at shortstop yeah. over the last 15, 20 years. Oh sure, between yeah. uh, be, between Jeter and uh, and Didi and Didi, yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Glaber Torres is is by far a natural second baseman. He's not really he's not as good a defensive shortstop as he is a defensive second baseman. I, got I, I don't think Torres is off limits. I think he's off limits for Luis Castillo. But if there's another 
you know, there's another level of pitcher out there that, right. you know, I, I say throw in Giancarlo Stanton, Gary Sanchez, Glaber Torres in a, <laughs> You just want to clear off some cap, cap space of people that aren't a, holding their weight. And a couple pandas at the Bronx Zoo and call it a day. And a ham sandwich. Yeah. Well, so. Ham sandwiches aren't worth very much anymore. Well, you never know. It depends on the ham you put on it. Yeah, so, yeah it depends so. on the kind of ham. Exactly. So, all right. Well, well, there you go. And then, and there's not, not much else really. I mean, there's a couple of things uh, league-wise. Uh, what are we? Uh, the the MLB free agent techers, uh, Springer signed. Right, it's just looking at this. Uh, Real Muto still out there. I think he's going to resign with the the, the Phillies anyway. Um, Bauer's still out there. Let me. He signed. Stroman obviously signed. Where, where do you think Bauer goes? And is what is Bauer worth? Bauer's worth. <laughs> Bauer's going to look for thirty million a year. You know, he's going to look for thirty million a year. He is. Um, I, you know what? If the if if somehow they don't work something out and he winds up coming to the Mets, I would not be shocked to see him on the Dodgers. No. And I think that's why the Yankees were looking at Castillo and not Bauer, is that it's the difference between trading and signing. Right. I think they're looking to get somebody with a current contract that's going to be less than what they would have to pay Bauer. Sure. I got you. I think it's stupid. I think they should pay him. But – Hey, well, you never know. And Bauer's been on this kick with one-year contracts too. I mean, there's no, there still hasn't been anything put out there that saying yeah. that he he's looking for a long-term deal with some team or whatever. He's yeah. been he's been going one-year contract here, one-year contract there. So, you know, just given what knows. the Yankees have done in the past week, seems perfect. Yeah, right. yeah. but so, I mean, if you put Bauer on the Dodgers, yeah, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> they're, looking to, uh, they're looking to repeat, especially if there's a couple games shorter of a season there. Yeah. They'll be right in there. But, uh, well, you know what? I mean, there's a couple other, like, you got, uh, I don't know. Uh, are the Blue Jays done? Are the Blue Jays done, right. Are the Blue Jays done? Uh, what other are, teams are going all in? You know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, the Twins seem to be making some moves. Obviously, the Dodgers are making moves. And, and uh, Hernandez, too. Uh, is probably is left the draw to the Dodgers, uh, right. or is free agent now anyway. Uh, Kiki Hernandez, and um, uh, which we'll call it. Uh, and you, you mentioned Justin Turner, so I mean they got some they got some room there. Um, but hey, you know what? There, why? There's a lot of teams that you know not maybe necessarily going all in, but they're they're making moves. So, and I think uh, what we've seen over the last week or so has is the beginning of of everything else just going to kind of fall into place now. I think what we were saying what happened a couple of years ago where some uh, some people didn't even sign at the start of spring training. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen this year. I think you'll see in the next three weeks, three and a half weeks, uh, everything will get short up. There might be one or two names out there still, but everything else will be pretty much wrapped up at that point. Um, it just depends on, you know, what, will the Yankees find another arm? Uh, will the Mets find a center fielder? Or they uh, make two with uh, – uh, with, um, uh, Nimmo in second, uh, in center. Um, I mean, the name Jackie Bradley Jr. is still floating out there too. Um, and uh, I, I think the biggest, I think they could right even now, get, they could even, they could even pick up Hernandez, uh, you know, uh, free agent from the Dodgers because he's, you know, he's, I, I, he's I been think, like a utility man, but he's been, yeah. he's played a lot of center field and he's, he's, yeah. you know, he would I, work. I'm not too worried about, yeah. I, I, I think, that, I think the whoever signs Bauer. Is going to dictate a lot of what goes on this year because look, I don't rule out the Blue Jays. I think the Blue Jays are in on this right now, and I, I think the Blue Jays, the Angels, the Mets, 
The Mets would probably have to move some things around to get Bauer. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like the Yankees are in the hunt for Bauer, and I just don't understand it. Yeah, I guess. and the Blue Jays got got a lot more attractive for anybody with the bringing in Springer. Yeah. There's a couple other arms too. I mean, Odorizzi's still out there. Um, <laughs> Wainwright's available. T- Tanaka's <laughs> still out there, right? And uh, the Yankees might sign resign Tanaka. I think they're waiting to see what else they get. And I would, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset uh, with that because I like Tanaka. I just don't like Tanaka. You know, he was their ace for years. And right. I, I also think the biggest thing that the Yankees, the, the biggest question mark with the Yankees rotation is, is Luis Severino. You know, I mean, they're going to have what's his name back from his suspension last year, who was looking great. Severino's really going to, I think if he's, if he can come back midseason. You're talking about Herman? Yeah. Uh, you know that, yeah, Hermann with a G, yeah. uh, German, German, yeah. I mean, Domingo German. Then their lineup looks okay, and if Tanaka's your fifth guy, yeah. fourth or fifth guy. I'm okay right. with that, but I, I, they, they still need somebody else at the top. Yeah, well, we will see what they do. We will see what the rest of the league does. It's it's getting interesting now. We're what about three and a half weeks out from uh, uh, pitchers and catchers, maybe four weeks out from pitchers and catchers. So. Who knows? Uh, for if if they do indeed what, go, what, what uh, year is it? I heard it's twenty twenty one. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, according to what was it last week, uh, according to uh, uh, yeah, you're right, yeah. March. Yeah, everything's uh, everything's a go for for everything on time. So we will see what happens. Um, all right, let's move on to a little uh, little NBA talk. Um, yeah. Uh, well, one forty seven, uh, one thirty five. Cleveland wins. One, 147, 135. So yeah. they won by 12 points, did they? Did Harden score any more than 10 points? Uh, let's see. Hang on. I got the breakdown here. This is a, now, this is a double overtime game, by the way. Double overtime it went, huh? Double overtime. So um, Kevin Durant had 38 in 50 minutes. Yeah. Kyrie Irving had 37 in 48 minutes. James Harden had 21, 21 in points 50 in 50 minutes. minutes. So. From about the, I think we checked in at the seven-minute mark in the third quarter, and Harden had ten points, uh, although he was a minus five, and uh, Kyrie was a minus seven uh, overall for the uh, for the evening. He also um, Harden had uh, ten rebounds and twelve assists too. Yeah. So and uh, Kyrie had. I mean, it wasn't nine, Kyrie nine, no, had a time no, two rebounds and three assists? How did Kyrie get cleared to play number two? And yeah, Kyrie at thirty-seven. But I yeah. mean, it's—I'm uh, a little slow uh, on the news today. But w- didn't I see something with Kyrie's giving an interview saying it's time to move on? No, move on from—it uh, was time to move on from his talking uh, about res- his respite. He, yeah, uh, things that he didn't want to talk about. Basically. Yeah, he was, time to move on from talking about things he didn't want to talk. About. But he needed—he uh, said, I heard last night. He said something. I guess today he said something about uh, you know it, t- it comes at this point in time where. Uh, there are things bigger than basketball, and you need to focus on those. And and he just needed to step away, and now he's back, and this is what he wants to do, and he's here, and blah 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 blah. So that's what he said yesterday. So um, yeah, so he, he yeah, this he, was um, he, he he took his vacation. He was back. The only person who was a plus in the plus minus on the starting five of the Nets was was Durant. Durant, yeah. yeah. You know, Harden was a minus big. five. Ir- Irving was a minus seven. Minus seven, yeah. Jeff Green was like a minus ten. Yeah. Uh, look, they scored eight points in the second overtime versus 20 for Cleveland. 
And uh, Sexton had 42, I think, for Cleveland. Which is I mean, how is Cleveland winning any games with Larry Nance Jr.? Uh, was it Andre Drummond? I'll tell you what. Sexton was the steal of that draft. Yep. Colin Sexton. Yeah. Uh, but look, if, if you look, right, uh, so Sexton had 25. Larry Nance had 15. Andre Drummond had 13. Uh, Damian Dotson had 15. Torian Prince had 17. Jared Allen. Yeah, good balance score. Had well, to, yeah, good balance scoring. Yeah. Well, this is where the Nets are going to struggle with guys who this Cleveland's a physical team, which, you know, Nance and Drummond and, and they, they attacked them. And this is where the Nets are going to, are going to have a problem. They're going to have a problem with teams that are bigger than them. And, um, Larry Nance Jr. shoots like his dad, you know, 50% on, you know, 15 points and 10 shots. It's, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sold. I'm not sold on the Nets. I'm not sold on this, on this I, team. I they're nine, they're nine and seven. Be. And granted, this is one game and they're still learning how to play with each other. Yeah. But. Well, last, last, uh, last couple that looked like they, uh, well, let's, kind yeah, of down. Let's, 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 well, let's who, who, came, who came back today. Right, that's what I'm saying. The last two games, you had Harden and Durant reunited, right, from the old OKC days. Mm-hmm. And look, Harden being on his best behavior. All right, maybe look, maybe he just wants to win. I think Harden was on his best behavior tonight. He took 14 shots. Yeah, 14. When was the last time James Harden took he 14, only took 14 shots? shots? He had yeah. he had 10 points with seven minutes left in the third quarter. He took he played 51 minutes. Yeah, he played more minutes than anybody else. And only took fourteen shots. That's 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 selfless play. Yeah, he had, nine, he, had he had ten rebounds and twelve assists tonight. Yeah. So we've he seen had the a triple double. Games. He had a triple double. We've seen the last two games. He and Durant working together. Now you bring Kyrie into the mix, and Kyrie we're back took to, twenty-eight shots. That's what. Look, they're who's going to bring the ball up? Who brought the ball up the last two games? Well, Harden. Harden, Harden did. Harden did. He brought the ball up, and yep. and then he dished, and he played defense, and he got in the passing lanes, and now you've got Kyrie who says, "Hey, that's my job. I'm I'm the guy who brings the ball up. I'm the if guy you, who you know." If you can't beat Cleveland, that's listen. I'm not going to put any big three. Then then you know I'm not going to put any stock in this first game because it's only the first right. game. But they I haven't think even this, practiced. Harden said yesterday, he says, "You know, they yeah. won two games. They haven't even practiced." I think this yeah. is more likely to be problematic than not. I don't know if these three guys can 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 subsist together. And they don't have they, they don't, they don't have the supporting, you know. Stick. Well, you, you've lost good play, good defensive players in in um uh what's his name? Tayshawn Prince and uh and Allen. And Allen, yeah. You know. Uh, I like DeAndre Jordan. I, I think he's a good fit on this team. I just they're they're Again, you know, other than Harris, nobody really played. Yeah, Harris had bench. 41 minutes. To, yeah. But, you know, he's obviously their sixth man. Yeah, but he uh, shot, Jordan, shot Jordan, two like the, men from the field. Yeah, I like the potential. I like the Jordan's potential. But I think he's a little bit lost right now. You know, he was not their center, and now he's your center. And you've right. got – and he doesn't have to do any scoring. You know, just get in there and – Play defense and block shots, but you also he have to shot six or seven from the field. But he only had four rebounds, thirteen points. You know, he was yeah. the only he was neutral as far as his plus minus. Right, it's 
I just don't think the Nets are deep enough right now. And yeah. and I, I just think, look, you you know my thoughts. I don't think Kyrie Irving is as much as I have my doubts about James Harden. I will take James Harden any day. I think Kyrie Irving is the is a much more talented J.R. Smith. There's just something about his presence that makes teams. It's a chemistry ruiner. He's an acid in the petri dish. Everywhere he's been, other than Cleveland with LeBron winning a championship. Well, J.R. Smith won a championship with LeBron, too. Right, but teams have been better without Kyrie Irving. Exactly. There's a lot lot of garbage players who have won a championship with LeBron. Right, but I'm saying you look at Boston with Kyrie and without Kyrie, they were better. You know, you look at Cleveland other than the, you know, LeBron championship year with Kyrie, without Kyrie, they were better without him. So, and as far as what he says, uh, you can't trust anything that he says. He said he was going to stay in Boston, and that was an absolute lie. And everybody, you know, he knew it was a lie, and a lot of people, other people pretty much suspected it was a lie. So he's going to just say whatever he wants to say, and what he really wants to say is nothing. And that's probably what he should say. Yeah, Kyrie's nothing. Just yeah, I mean, and, and you're right. It, it's it's one game, but it wasn't like they were playing the Clippers or nope. even the Spurs. They were playing Cleveland. Yeah, well, they're playing Cleveland again on Friday, so that's going to be a telltale. Well, yeah. well and you can... had and you had how many points did he have? Twenty. Oh, Kyrie, thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. I mean, Ky- Kyrie scored. Right now, so so Kyrie, so two out of your three, two out of the big three were over thirty points. Right, yep. 30, 60, 88, and 8 is 96. Mm-hmm. So your big three scored 96 points, and you still <laughs> you gave up 100. You gave up 147 points. 147. This is like an all-star game right here. Well, they hired one of the coaches who's known for his defense as a player. I mean, it's just like. <laughs> His defense is let's start running the other way, you know, <laughs> while I matador them to the rim. Yeah, defense is not their uh, strength. And again, the trade, look, it's, it's what me and everybody else said. They're gonna if they make this trade and they don't trade Kyrie as part of the package, then they're gonna give up their depth and they're gonna give up defense. And that's exactly right. uh, unfortunately with James Harden. I think you have to. He has to be the guy that the offense moves through. Now, having said that, let's in a fantasy world, would a Chris Paul in lieu of Kyrie Irving help this team? I don't think so. I think, I don't think James Harden and a traditional point guard can work. I'm not saying Kyrie is a traditional point guard. Kyrie and James Harden are the same type of player. They're going to be, have the ball in their hand and they're going to need 25 shots a game. And, there's not enough room for two of those guys. No, and Durant is willing to defer. Durant is the most efficient player in the NBA, other than yeah. maybe LeBron. And Durant, Durant, got, Durant got his shots tonight. No, but I'm saying he's willing to defer, but he will still yeah. be your go-to guy. I mean, Durant's he's, stats line is, is is 38, you know, 12 and 8. I mean, in, yeah. in, he shot 12 of 25 from the field. So, I mean, Durant, Durant's the best player on this team. It's that's saying a lot because they have two other guys who were all stars in the lineup. I just it's it has nothing to do with his with Kyrie's numbers. It has everything to do with Kyrie. I just don't think 
I mean, Harden must have known what he was coming in for, unless unless there's some sort of whispering that that there's a deal on the table for Kyrie Irving. They must know that hey, this is what we're gonna this is what we're gonna run with. Well, it could also be a case where they just have to wait till he implodes. Yeah, that might be James Harden's. You know, or look, if Harden comes here and he's a good boy. And it just doesn't work. Well, then who do you think the odd man out is going to be? It's going to be Kyrie. And somebody's going to take him. The Nets are going to have to eat it. Right, because Harden has two more more years on his contract, right? Right, and and somebody's going to take Kyrie because of his talent. They're going to go, maybe we can fix him. I mean, he hasn't burned every bridge yet. Nah. You know where he'll wind up? Cross the fucking river. Well, maybe. Maybe. But, I mean, he's going to... He's going to be and, – and look, Harden is no choir boy. Look what he did in Houston. Yeah. Right? Harden's, Harden's – I mean, this is – this, this, this Nets locker room is a weird place. It's a very, uh, but <laughs> very I weird think, place. I don't, I don't know anybody amongst my Net friend, Net, Nets fans' friends, which is half a dozen or so that I have any contact with regularly, who think that um, Duran and, and Irving is a better combination than Harden and, and Duran. No, Harden and Durant are the better combination. Harden and Durant's yeah. a way yeah. better combination. Yeah. Of course. So Kyrie's going to end up being the bad guy. He'll either implode and quit or get moved or whatever. Who knows? Just as long as he doesn't go across the river, though. No. And the speaking Knicks, of look, I think Knicks, it's perfect for the Knicks. The Knicks, yeah, well, fuck you. The, <laughs> Knicks, the, the Knicks have been really good. Well, I, Here's the thing. I don't think the Knicks have any head cases right now. No, that's I think the Knicks have one. finally cleared out now. And, 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 you know, there's been a lot of talks uh, the trade blocks about some of these guys being traded. And I don't want that. I, I kind of like this Knicks team. I want them to be able to have a decent year and maybe attract a superstar you know, like Kyrie. Here. I was just thrilled that you, you cursed at me. I, I just, I just, <laughs> I, I, I'll take any other player that I hate not Kyrie Irving. He's my least but the, the, the sad thing for the for Nets and the Nets fans is is that if this goes on for too long, uh this could be we got what seventy two games this season, I think. Six How do you let Cleveland score hundred and forty seven yeah. points? <laughs> this could end up wasting, you know, the the better part or most of a year. Uh um in which, you know, you, you have James Harden and you have Durant who looks like he's being back to Kevin Durant 100%. Sure. And you yeah. could end up wasting a lot of that because of this. Kyrie. I mean, Durant could wind up winning the comeback player of the year and the MVP. Well, you know what? Maybe Kyrie Irving needs another break and another week, you know, for like three weeks. I, listen, I he comes back he... for a week and they lose a game and then he goes on another break for another three weeks. And I hope he gets yeah. his act together, you know. The guy's incredibly talented, but he's, you know, he's a pariah. Yeah. And that's well, that's nobody else's fault but his own. This is true. This is true. Well, as far as the uh, as far as the Knicks go, I mean, they were they won on a five game losing streak, and then they won the last two games. Um, so I, I, mean, I, I listen. I, I agree. I agree with Harry. I mean, it's, they're the Knicks, so they're not my team. But I, I like what's going on right there right now. I think it's working, and and I think they're doing exactly what they need to do, which they're playing, is they're playing good defense. They're playing good defense. They're young. They're energetic. Yeah. I think you know they they have the right coach for now. Maybe not sure. the guy who's going to you know take him into the playoffs, but they are building something, and they are. I think they are going to be an attractive spot for free agents. I, I, and I also think the Knicks have enough talent that they can trade. 
Look, I wouldn't mind seeing a Victor Oladipo. Like, I, I'm sort of hoping Oladipo goes to the Nuggets. But I think the Knicks could land a, a Kyle Lowry or an Oladipo combination to team up. But they got to keep Randall. They've got to keep Peyton. I'm okay if Barrett goes, to be honest with you. But, you know, they got Knox. They got Noels and others. And they got two good centers right now in the Knicks. Noels, on the, people might pick him up. Uh, you know, they got quickly is a good young player. They've got, they've got options of a good team. They need that one. They only need one player to to take them from a team. That's going to struggle to get to 500 to a team who might be sixth or seventh in the East and, and be able to maybe challenge for a a playoff win. And then that's a lot considering where the Knicks have been. But, um, but but again, if they they're they're what a game under five hundred now, or are they at seven and eight? Yeah. Okay. So when did they get their seventh win? Oh, you know, last yeah. year. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. How, no. how many games in were they're, they? They're way thirty or well, forty, I think, last year. And they're doing and Thibodeau's doing something that I, I had my reservations that he could do. He's he's getting a team to play defensively in a league that is very hard to get anybody to do. Right. Now they beat Orlando 91, 84. That's Nick's basketball. That's Tom Thibodeau basketball. And he's got these guys kind of bought into this, 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 this Nick's team less talented sort of reminds me of where the nuggets were a few years back when all of a sudden Jokic started coming into his prime. Now the, the nuggets don't play as good a defense, but the nuggets, grew into a little bit more of a defensive team. And then, and then they lost those guys who were the defensive yeah. uh, sort of knuckles of that team. And that's why they're, they're a 500 team themselves this year. Yeah. Right now they are. Yeah. Um, but if the, Knicks seven seven right what if the Knicks keep doing what they're doing and they don't bring in that big name this year and they're close to 500, you've got to consider that an incredible improvement. Absolutely. And here's and what I've been, here's what I've, here's what I've been noticing with the Knicks. Okay, and if you look at the box score from from Orlando, is that all of their starters were in, well, with the exception of one, were in double digits on the plus side, right. and everybody else who came in off the bench was a negative, you know, two, six, nine, eight, and thirteen. So their starters are performing really well against the other team starters. It's it's they well, can't not quite yeah. they can't quite find that second team bench combination that's going to work. And granted COVID and people being out and, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things going on there and it's early in the year and they're a young team. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. They, they embarrassed the hell out of Boston though on, uh, on Sunday. I mean, it was, yeah, that was yeah. that, that talk about defense. That was, yeah. Uh, yeah. that was a crazy game. I mean, steals and, and, and they shot numbers. well and, and they're, they're pretty they shot great. Yeah. They, they at times at times they get sloppy. They get back to the old Knicks, but when they move the ball and they keep and that's where Peyton, that's where Peyton comes in. Okay. I, I, that's why he's starting, and that's why he was a plus twenty against Orlando, even though he only scored twelve points and only had four assists, is because their turnovers go down. They're much more efficient with him on the on on the court as opposed to quickly. And again, I. I Somebody, they, they, we might be turning the corner where come next year with the free agency, somebody might be willing to sign with the Knicks, or the Knicks might be able to package people up 
I think there's a lot of players on teams this year. I think you're going to see a flurry of trades. And I think you're going to see guys who you thought would not leave teams leave teams this year. It's very true. It's very possible. And, uh, yeah, there's definitely going to be some moves. That's for sure. But um, hopefully some of them will, you know, for Knicks fans out there, will come to the Knicks. Um, yeah. And they're, like, 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 like Pete said, they're, uh, they're seven and eight. Um, well, how long did it take them to get to seven wins last year or the year before or the year before? So they've been, uh, they've been horrible, and they're not. And they're playing good, good fundamental They've already got right as many. They would, they, would they would have won the NFC East right now. They would have absolutely won the <laughs> NFC East. Hands down. Please. Even if they lost the next game, they won it. That's right. <laughs> so, exactly. So, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, 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 uh, the cream of the East right now, I, I mean, you know, it's obviously the number one and two right now with the, uh, the Sixers and the, uh, and the Bucks. Sixers look good. Sixers look good. Um, Bucks look decent too. Um, I mean, they, uh, um, uh, which call it? They uh, they played the uh, they lost to the Nets um, Monday night but, yeah. by two points. But, I think uh, I think I think you're going to see the Raptors. I'm just what's his uh, forget no, Raptors. Raptors are five and nine right now. Yeah, they're they're. I think they're. I think you're you're going to see one of two things. I think you're going to see them make a move for somebody big, or they're going to start the wheel and deal. You're, you're going to start. To, yeah, they're going to blow it up. Gotcha. No. We will we will see we will see how that happens. Um, uh, it's it's been it's been an interesting uh, you know few weeks at the beginning of the uh, basketball season here, and it's six it is sixty games right that are playing this year. There's sixty. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see how they we'll see how they go. And uh, NHL wise, uh, <laughs> just to throw that in there, uh, what do we got? I mean the Rangers uh, three games so far. They're they're one and two. Uh, they. <laughs> Got shut out by the range uh, by the Islanders. They uh, shut out the Islanders, and then they lost yeah, four they... to three, four to three to the Devils uh, yesterday. Um, they look good, then they don't. Then they look good, then they don't. Yesterday was a decent, de- decent game against the Devils. Um, the yeah, Islanders... how many games in? It's into yeah. the season. Yeah, are three we games, now? Three games in. Three games into the season yeah, for, most, so... for most teams. You got, and then you got like the, uh, and it's just. So everybody's playing the uh, the local teams, and the Islanders play the Rangers twice. Obviously, they split them, and then they beat the Bruins on Monday night. And then the Devils, uh, Devils um, started the season uh, losing to the Bruins, and then beating the Bruins, splitting with the Bruins, and then beat the Rangers last night. So yeah, the Los Angeles Kings are undefeated and in last place. And we lost Pete for some reason. <laughs> His quarter ran out. He forgot to put another one in. That's right. <laughs> But, uh, the, 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 the the point system in the NHL just drives me nuts. It, it's crazy. It's yeah. I don't. Yeah, it's uh, you don't get it. Hey, what happened to you? You had to. Uh, I don't know. I just said your 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 co- your coin ran your quarter ran out. Wait, I'm, 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 I'm not in the right spot. This is this is disorienting. <laughs> I must have said something wrong. I got booted. I don't think I can move anybody around. Can I? Oh, I don't know. I <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be ta- it's gonna be Tampa Bay and. There we go. <laughs> look at that. I mean, the Avalanche look, are looking all right. Everybody looks okay. Like, like I was saying, you know, the Kings are und- haven't lost a game yet, and they're in last place. Uh, <laughs> Vancouver is four and one, although they have three ties. They're in last place, and Buffalo Sabers are four, four and one, and they're in last place. So, 
It's a, a whole different. It's a whole different world in the standing structure in the NHL. A little too so. early to, to say anything. <laughs> this is what you get. It's been you. an interesting first week. This is what you get with these communist sports. <laughs> it's a, It's been an interesting week. First week in the NHL. Let's leave yeah. it at that. Um, I, I just hope that both for the the NHL and the NBA that these vaccines start to help just calm down the you know because I mean they're not in the bubble and it's it's just. Yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna happen. It's gonna. There's just too much. This is true. This is true. Well, well we got a big, big week of uh, championship games this weekend, and uh, who cares about hockey and basketball right now? Right? <laughs> well, we're gonna care about hockey and basketball in about two and a half weeks. That's when, all. That's all we're gonna care <laughs> that's about. All we're gonna be talking about. So uh, that and needlepoint, I think, will uh, be a top ten needlepoint patterns. Uh, will be well, our. We could, we could probably list. start previewing the Olympics. <laughs> that's that's right. That. Yeah. <laughs> Top ten pole vaulters. I think uh, break dancing is going to be a new. Uh, They're adding break dancing and uh, break dancing still exists. And the lambada is. Does, does somebody have to inspect <laughs> the cardboard? Uh, probably. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be consistent from. Uh, you got it's they, the same. It's got to be the same cardboard. Three ply corrugated. Those and damn no, Russians are going to use no uh, get everything from you. Waxy cardboard. Sergey waxed his cardboard. <laughs> no, it was waxed. <laughs> Yeah. All right. I was gonna make a bad joke. Yeah, that's my new. That's my new novel I'm writing. Sergey Sergey Wax's cardboard. (laughs) (laughs) It was a slow night. It's a thriller. It's a thriller. That's right. right. It'll be uh, available on the. All right. I've Shutterstock books. Exactly. I've got to go. Well, we want to thank. We, we should wrap up the show anyway. So yes, we want to thank yeah. everybody for watching, and for those of you listening to the audio podcast, thanks for listening. Don't forget to visit our website www.logroom.com. That's L-A-G-E-R-R-O-M.com. And please remember, like us and follow us on all of our social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our YouTube channel. All of them are at the Logger Room. Remember, we go live with the video podcast on both Facebook and YouTube every Wednesday at seven. Tonight was an exception; we started late tonight. And for those of you that want to li- just listen to the audio podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to one or more of those feeds and you will never miss a show. Again, thanks for following along with us. Have a great weekend. Watch the uh, championship games on uh, Sunday. Should be interesting. And we'll see how that shakes out. And we'll, uh, we'll start talking Super Bowl next week. All right. Have a great weekend, folks. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Peace. Peace.